God, those communists are amazing. Okay, we have another episode. Um, before we get into what we're talking about, I do want to, uh, you know, introduce a guest, which we should. That's the right way of doing things. So, can you guys please um, introduce yourselves? Uh, Victor, go. You can go first. You've been on the podcast before. Yeah, Victor Jacket. I've been here before. Yeah, uh, Skeno, everybody. Um, yeah. All right. Hey everyone, I'm Mikey Him. I'm from Leftist. Left this podcast in, in case, people, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, today we're going to discuss, um, uh, uh, you know, we're going to discuss the Pat Sox, but we're gonna like listen to their videos. Uh, this is the first episode out of like I think it's four or five we're gonna make. So, um, <clears throat> um, what's gonna happen is that we're gonna listen to the video, analyze it. Uh, but before I do, I do want, I do want to make some statements because I haven't made uh, an episode in a while, and I think, uh, you know. I do want people to know. So, you know, uh, I do want to say that Victor has been on the podcast here and there, and he has been antagonizing Pat Sox on, <laughs> online, which I don't condemn, you know? So I think this is, this is business and I do agree with it, but it doesn't mean that I'm sending him to do it, right? We are, we do associate a lot. So if you, if you try to associate his, uh, his, um, his uh, attitude towards you, <laughs> you know, or he, whatever he comments towards you on, on your pat sock and he goes after you, it's none of my business, you know? <laughs> so just let you know. <laughs> doing because I enjoy it, not because anybody told me to. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. so yeah. So this video is called Five Sellers Discuss Landback featuring, featuring Caleb Mop and Fox and Alex from Space Commune. It was released October 6th, 2021. And before we get into the video, we do want to discuss this kind of weird timing as well, because the whole mopping situation with the statements, the article that came out that accused him of exploiting uh, comrades in his CP CPI organization, you know? Um, and I think uh, for oh, I, before- I mean, this like a month ago, so. Yeah, so I think, <clears throat> Yeah, we planned this a, a while back, but I think, you know, first off, you know, our, our um, we do want to show solidarity to um, the people that were exploited by Maupin, you know, nobody should be exploited, even though they're past socks still, nobody should be exploited, right? I hope that they, um, human. yeah, I think, yeah, nobody should be exploited uh, sexually, you know, or any type of way. And I think, um, you know, I hope that they can see I hope people can see, you know, past, not just past, you know, uh, see Maupin's bullshit when it comes to his exploitation of people, but also his shitty ideologies. And this is what the episode's going to be about. It's not, the episode's not about Maupin. It's about five settlers, quote unquote, what they call themselves, discuss Lambeck. So um, before we start, does anybody else have anything to say before we start this video? Everybody watch this video, right? Yeah, this is, uh, there's so much cringe in this video and there are so many things to say. Um, yeah, I could probably do a lot of uh, just thank you for having me first and foremost. Yeah. But yeah, I could probably say a lot of things to start off with. But yeah, we should we should just do it because there's so much to say about this. <laughs> yeah. And so before we start this video, before I press play, um, when I first was told about this video, I saw the title and I was like, oh, they're acknowledging that they're settlers, right? <laughs> but <laughs> it wasn't like that. It was like uh. very ironically they they used this. 
you know, almost condescending. It, it was condescending how they used the, um, the, 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 the title of seller. So let's go, let's press play. And um, it's, it's, I don't know who posted this, it's P-A-C-D. I don't know what the fuck that is. Um, but at least Peter Coffin's um, channel, Peter Coffin's a piece of shit in my point of view with ideologies, but let's go. Hey, everybody. Uh, thanks for joining us for Pact. I am the P, Peter Coffin, the lovely Ms. Astronaut Cowboy Doctor, Master of Science. Here is the ACD. Together we're packed. Um, don't miss an episode. Subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, or your favorite podcast service. Also, leave us a glowing review on Audible and Apple Podcasts. We are a five-star podcast. Not four, not three, five. <laughs> I'm a five-star man. Help us keep the lights on by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash your monthly support gets you into our Discord servers, gets you exclusive content, and uh, you see some content before anyone oh, else. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, it just fantastic. has such like a pudding face. Like it is, I can't stand it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Packed merch available as well. Finally, tell your friends. We rely so big on word of mouth. Uh, we stream 7 p.m. Eastern uh, every cares. Saturday. Thanks a ton for tuning in. We're really excited to have with us today Caleb Moppin and uh, Fox and Alex of Space Commune. Thank you very much for all coming in today. Um, There is a whole big land back thing going on right now. A regenerated discourse. This conversation has reemerged, it seems, among public leftists and or communist personalities. I think, well, basically, this is a meme that started in 2018. Okay, let's, let's talk about that. It was a meme that started in 2018, right? Uh, this conversation of Lambac has been going on for the longest time. You know, natives have talked about, even within the treaties of, of you know, getting Lambac. And I mean, you know, there's, there's many historical examples of native kinder Lambacks, you know, uh, or, or land back. Like, um, to them from you know the 1800s, 19, early 1900s. So this guy saying that it started like a couple of years ago is straight bullshit. Um, does anybody have a comment before we uh, move forward? Yeah, I just it's that's um, that's really something. 2018, huh? Uh, so yeah. this is something that I've I don't know if I've talked about it on here, but I've talked about it publicly before, but. One of the first, one of the first things that that the, the newly formed continental U.S. government did was the Sullivan Clinton campaign, which is an act of genocide and stealing land. And uh, it's not like that uh, this hasn't been going on even before that. So every time that land has been stolen, there's been an attempt or at least a desire to reclaim that stolen land. So that's just completely disingenuous for them to say something like that. But I don't expect much more from a man who gained his fame by kicking himself in the balls on live television. And we can go back to the 1960s when the occupation of Alcatraz by Native people, you know, to uh, to to regain the Alcatraz Island uh, here in California as an example of like trying to get land back. So for for him, recent and and very well documented examples as well. That wasn't yeah, that wasn't even recent. I was like, like I said, in the sixties. So you know, this this person saying that, um, like it started in twenty eighteen, it's straight shit. So like, we can keep going, you know. It's very so, condescending. Yeah, fuck this guy. Um, it 
came about when a big hashtag trended. Land Back ultimately started in as an organization last year in 2020 on Indigenous Peoples Day. It was. It's not actually a uh, a. Camp- Wait, let me go back a little bit. If anybody <laughs> wants to, me to stop the video, you say pause. I forgot to say that. Yeah, but, I'll yeah, put a hand over something. I can't see. I can't see shit other than what's in the screen. So you just say it. You, you say it. They got you. Right. But he's saying that it started as an organization. I, I'm gonna keep playing a little bit more. Is there an organization called Land Back? I think he's talking about Indian Collective. But we'll, we'll keep going. Yeah. Okay. Campaign that has gone back. Uh, since the land has been stolen, it is a word that was come up with a couple let's, of years ago. Let's rewind a little bit because where are we at? Uh, one minute and forty six seconds. Because he's saying it's not, it's not. Okay, let's go back a little bit. Organization last year in twenty twenty on Indigenous Peoples Day. It was. It's not actually a uh, a campaign that has gone back uh, since the land has been stolen. It is a word that was come up with a couple of years ago, and. Um, now it's now it's a big thing that all do like I, I can think about just the Comanches, how they they took land themselves from settlers from the time the beginning of, of colonization. So this guy is saying that this is not a campaign. I mean, we've always tried to get our land back. Right. Mm-hmm. Just, just that shit fucking pisses me off. Like well, this, I don't, for me, I don't even know what organization he's talking about. As far as I know. There, I've never heard of an organization called Land Back. Yeah, he's, he's, talking, he's talking about any collective. Well, we'll keep going. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, it, it, Good just, commie it, it support. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm just saying it, it, it boggles the mind that he doesn't even know the name of the organization he's talking oh, about. Oh, no, he, they're going to name it. They're going to name it. Okay. So. Right. I think it would be good to start by analyzing what their proposed platform is using their Land Back manifesto from landback.org. Land Back is the reclamation of everything stolen from the original peoples. Something I think... Nobody's angry about that. All, all communists would support. This is something upon which we unambiguously agree. Caleb, you've said... So wait, they agree about giving stuff that was stolen. So that's land that equals decolonization, right? So... What in the principle fuck and in theory. Yeah. yeah. So let's keep going, yeah. But that's what I said uh, there's some nuance in there that I'm sure that they're never going to address about the validity of treaties and everything. Yeah. (laughs) Twitter a bunch of times. What's the the nuance? Reclaiming land, language, ceremony, medicines, kinship practices, um, as well as material land resources. It's a relationship with Mother Earth that is symbiotic and just where we've reclaimed stewardship, moving towards liberation sovereignty for indigenous peoples through organizing political narrative framework, um, interconnecting our struggle um, with the land of all oppressed peoples or with the struggles of all oppressed peoples and composing a future where black reparations and indigenous land back coexist. That's great. As communists, we, we always champion the interests of the marginalized at the front of our communist movement. These are all goals towards which we would strive as communists uh phrased in an all by idealistic um way to to achieve these things but of course these are all things that we would support if they worked towards these ideals in a way that was materially compatible um with what they are advocating for what they're advocating for the hardest part about 
commercial. <laughs> hey, uh, Victor, sorry, was that you a second ago that made the comment about the nuance of the validity of treaties? Or was that the video? I couldn't tell. That was him. That was him. Oh, okay. My bad then. If it was the video, then I would have a question about it. But um, no, if it's Victor saying it, it makes sense then. Uh, I'm going to pause recording real quick. Cool, cool. Recording. Okay, um, let's keep going. Oh, I gotta turn up the volume, sorry. Do have a fucking commercial on this. Um, dismantling white supremacy and systems of oppression um, and getting to the roots of that by putting indigenous lands in indigenous hands. Um, more than a campaign to do so, it's a meta narrative that centers indigenous people's experiences and their sovereignty. That's fantastic. Great rhetoric. Great rhetoric. They make it hard to argue with. Yeah, right? exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and rhetoric that everybody here, of course, agrees with because we're communists. And, yeah, and in a literal sense, anyhow. We want uh, indigenous people to have sovereignty where they once had it to be reclaimed. That's fantastic. The unfortunate yeah, Rick, real part quick. about. Yeah, go ahead. So what I noticed that these guys rely on and just like all reactionaries rely on are a bunch of like bad assumptions uh just like so yeah. far they're their flawed version of history because they're just ignorant about it so they have a revisionist version of it which is that land back is a new thing as opposed to something that's been going on for a very long time and uh so i, I again they're going to do the same thing when it comes to all of this like they're going to say well does it materially work in practice does it materially help you know the indigenous people because of course that's something we agree with and then of course that's going to be where they start making assumptions about how it's going to be done in practice and then argue against those as opposed to what people are actually saying who advocate for land back. Yeah, I think it's the, the comment uh, they make it hard to argue is like, like a really shitty comment. I mean, argue against, you know, uh, what, why would you argue against that? Mm -hmm. What's it's the purpose like of arguing dismissive. against that? <laughs> you know, it, it, it's a rhetorical tool. It's they're being dismissive. Yeah, I know. I'm yeah. saying that, that, that they're being stupid as fuck. Yeah. yeah. You know, to make it hard, hard to argue against. Like, why would you? Why would you argue against what you know people oppressed people are telling you what they want you know that's my observation let's go i'm gonna when i play these videos i'm gonna always always start like uh maybe like a couple seconds back so we can you know catch what they said you know you can use the uh the arrow keys it'll make it a little easier that in the space yeah. bar here we go to have sovereignty where they once had it to be reclaimed that's fantastic the unfortunate uh, part about this and how land bank has been applied is that it has primarily been a movement to privatize public land under the guise of affording sovereignty to indigenous people. One might ask, you know, well, if we're taking U.S. public land, are we providing public land under the ownership of indigenous peoples? Um, that would ideally be what's happening. Um, but what's happened thus far demonstrates that this land back movement is underpinned by corporate investments and in the land that is given back, so to speak, to indigenous peoples. And thus with the material effects of further solidifying the class divisions between the bourgeoisie and the proletariat within indigenous populations. So, uh, so uh, maybe we'll pause here. Does anybody have comments before I say something? Big if true. That's a big claim. Yeah. I, I, I... They're talking about Indian Collective because every, they, they focused on Indian Collective, you know, buying land, 
Uh, first off, they, you know, they're going to accuse Indie Collective of getting a donation from Jeff Bezos, with, which they did, well, $10 million, but $10 million is a drop in the bucket, right, compared to other organizations that get more or what other, other organizations have. Native people themselves uh, know, and we agree, a lot of Native people do, that the nonprofit industrial complex is not something that should be leading the uh, conversation about um, uh, uh, you know decolonization, right? Because the people that are the people or the entities that are should be leading uh, the conversation about decolonization should be tribal governments, right? So if they're going to try to pin pin the conversation of land back on just uh, one non nonprofit that got some money from Bezos, you know, and that a bot land. To, you know, for, for this nonprofit, um, I think that's disingenuous, right? To, to, to totally ignore, you know, tribal governments that have pushed to get land back, to that still doing it, right? They are pushing to, you know, strengthen our sovereignty, you know? So we'll see, we'll, you're going to see, we listen to them, that um, they, that's, that's their focus is to, you know, anybody that's non-native listening to this, we'll start to see or we start to think, oh, shit, you know, Native people, oh, this is fucked up, not knowing the history, because, you know, let's be honest, a lot of non-Native people don't know Native history, right? So I think that these people are using that tool to dismiss decolonization, dismiss land back, the actual movement of land back, to, to actually dismiss decolonization and, and, and you know, and decolonial theory. So then you, anybody else have a... a yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd like to add something to that. So, as you pointed out, it's sort of uh, some disingenuous rhetoric here going on. And they're sort of dismissive of, I don't know if you want to call it like the, the you know, the, the complex of NGOs surrounding it, which Native people don't want to be leading. Um, but when you come at them from a different angle, which would be the correct angle, uh, saying like, that our government should be handling it, our population should be handling it. They come up with an excuse every time, in my experience, um, to push against that as well. There's always a sort of a disingenuous working around of the solutions that we offer, even yeah. though those solutions are materially the correct course of action. Yeah. Yes, since you mentioned, um, just real quick, since you mentioned Bezos, uh, I know they don't do it till later, but they bring up his 12 million, his 10 or $12 million donation, whatever they say it is. And of course, it's obviously like a drop in the bucket. It's like what he makes in a minute. And you notice that they don't bring up any kind of proof or even implication of some kind of administrative duties that he may have or influence that he may have beyond a, a one-time donation that he does to like absolve himself of some kind of guilt publicly like to make himself look better on paper to you know for publicity literally so they don't it's like it would be that hard to reach out to the leaders of the organization and ask them hey what has uh, jeff bezos's donation gone to uh what did it actually fund what is that you know compared to what you get for the year is that a small amount of what you got from all your donors it's like they make a lot of assumptions off of this one donation they do that both with bezos and they do it later with buffett assuming he's doing a whole lot of things that are like pulling the strings, like supporting land back so that it shuts down his competitors pipelines or does something that like benefits his business, which is again, a major assumption that the land back movement is affecting 
pipelines and things that much that it's actually successful in shutting things down for major businesses that in a way that would make would make Buffett like billions more dollars or something. It's like a lot of assumptions go into these things that they are not making clear because they do not have that to back up. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do also want to say that that she said that this is creating a, a, a rift between the workers and native peoples. I mean, like if ten million dollars and a little little non uh, nonprofit organization can create this much of a risk, I can't even imagine when she figures out white, white supremacy, settler colonization, you know, the history of genocide, you know, the you know all, all the, the history of how people see race in this country, you know, really create that rift in this country. Not just ten million dollars in in this organization. Right, like you know, get the fuck out of here. There's bigger things are creating rifts between workers and indigenous peoples, not ending collectors, you know, a donation from Jeff Bezos. This is my observation, you know. So we'll keep going. Um, the effects of that are not uh, championing native interests. In fact, it's doing the opposite and subjugating the proletariat of one of the most marginalized populations in the United States um, to even further um, conditions of inequity. Great rhetoric, but uh, it doesn't change the material base of the society that it exists in, and therefore it just further exacerbates the fundamental contradiction of capitalism. And, and if, it, if it did actually challenge the material basis, then Jeff Bezos would not be funding it. No! <laughs> Yeah. It wouldn't be giving I think $12 million, that's for sure. Well, I mean, the understanding that, that historically oppressed groups within the borders of the United States, but, you know, the communists in the United States have historically said that they support, you know, colonized groups within the USA establishing a national territory. Um, the greatest, the most popular example is the Black Belt, right? Oh, we'll keep going. And that, that in the U.S. South, there are there's regions that are overwhelmingly, even to this day, majority African-American. They're called the Black Belt because of the soil, actually, not because black people live there. It's because the soil there is particularly rich. There were a lot of slave plantations there during the time of slavery. And the Communist Party raised the demand for self-determination for the Black Belt, arguing that if the black people of that region wanted to separate from the United States and have their own national territory if they wanted that, not if not declaring they should have it, but if they wanted that, uh, communists would then support their right to it. Um, and then later there came the support for the, the concept of the Sun Belt or Etzlan, uh, which is, you know, in the southwest uh, United States territory that was stolen from Mexico that is overwhelmingly majority Chicano, um, as well as in, you know, North and South Dakota and other parts, uh, other regions that are, you know, indigenous areas and such. Um, and the, the problem with all of that is it gets, it's a little tricky because, um, you know, if you're white and you're going around advocating what sounds like an ethno state or sounds like separation, uh, that can come across very confusing. You know, I mean, there used to be a map the Communist Party had with the, the map of Black Belt. Uh, and it was, you know, it was, you know, we support self-determination. But at that point, most black people in the United States didn't want to have a separate state. So it, it's tricky. Um, and again, if if an oppressed group wants to separate from the country, uh, communists have a responsibility to support that. But it's not clear that these oppressed groups actually want that. I don't think the majority of Africans Americans in the United States want to separate and form a separate state. So I don't go around advocating that as a white man because that sounds like separation. And the same for the Sun Belt uh, and the Chicano people, the same for the indigenous groups. If they did want full-on separation, 
uh, and a national territory. Again, I would support that, but I don't, I don't go around doing it on their behalf. Um, the other thing, especially with indigenous groups in the United States, hey, you uh, think a, lot a lot of assumptions most- there again. Yeah, first, first off, like he's talking about the, the you know, he's saying he doesn't advocate for for uh, ethno states, but he's he's pointing out ethno states, right? Mm. <laughs> this is like a white supremacist talking point. Like, oh, I don't I don't advocate for that. If they wanted it, like, what indigenous community wants to live under settler colonization? What who the fuck advocates for living under settler colonization? So I want to know who has he talked to where he said where a native person has said, excuse me about I'm fucking pissed off, right? Who 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 has he talked to that, that said, no, we should have settler colonization. Fuck it. We should, like we what we want to live under settler colonization. Who? I want to know who, who told him that. Yeah. I sound like an owl right now, but you know, that's the thing. <laughs> like the, <laughs> well, he assumes guy, that people are even advocating for ethno states, first of all, because that was his first big assumption was that in practice it would be an ethno state or that's how it would play out. And then assuming um, that, what, what did he then say? Oh, trying to defend it by saying that he can't do that because it would be- He's not racist. Yeah, he would compare it to a white nationalist ethno state, which is like, again, making a big leap that it's like one run by natives, the way that things were run for hundreds of thousands of years before settlers came, that that would be the same as like when the settlers came. It's like, that's the whole point of it is to do the opposite of like, it's it's a lot of big assumptions that are all faulty, but they sound good to like a bunch of like white kids who just want to be contrarian about this whole thing. I can tell he he's never it's heard. Another, Go ahead. It's Sorry. another piece of uh like disingenuous rhetoric as well, because like you guys pointed out, he's saying that these things are ethno states, and then he says I can't advocate for them because I'm not that ethnicity. So who's making it an ethno state? And has he ever been to any indigenous territory? They're not ethno states now. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty I mean, mixed. Yeah. It, it, except for the extreme rural areas of, of indigenous territory, they're pretty mixed. They're pretty well mixed. So, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, it's I don't not understand. anything that actually exists in reality. No, it doesn't. You know, like he was like North and South Dakota, there is like, Black people, there's like white people that live there. There's a lot of people that live in these areas that are not natives. So like, uh, there's not just only native territory on, in this country. So it's kind of weird, you know. I think, uh, you know, and he talks about Aslan, which Aslan, you know, anybody that hears this podcast is uh, knows that my views on Aslan is a settler colonial idea. So why why would he advocate for that? You know, why would he advocate for Aslan? This guy, you know, you know who advocates for Aslan? Like these, like, uh, um, you know, Pat Sox. Aslan is just paid, uh, said Pat Sox, you know, in the Mexican sense. So you know, it, it's fuck them. It, it, Let's just keep going. I'm just fucking mad. <laughs> just listening to this video. Go ahead. You know, most of the people that I see on the internet advocating land back, which again, what is it? We're privatizing public land to, to give it to the control of indigenous tribes. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, I most of the people that I see on the internet advocate. Okay, so now he he asked, what does it mean for land back? Does it mean privatizing land to give it to the native people? What I have said on this podcast many times is that, and my, my point of view is that the Native Americans, or 
I hate that term. I, well, I don't know why the fuck I just said it. Indigenous communities <laughs> um, uh, should have total sovereignty over the land, which means they should have the uh, power to have to, to make laws over the lands. You know, to have a, a decolonial government where there's one representative of each sovereign community in this government, so we can have a say so in the forefront of making decisions in this country, right? So uh, that's what land back is politically. Right, land back. Yeah. So I need to it's, it's a massive assumption that the land's being privatized to begin yeah. with. I mean, he's he's using one example of an NGO that's not tied to any indigenous government. You know, and that's I don't know anybody who belongs to the Indian Collective Organization. Do you? I, I don't. No. I, exactly. So. I, <laughs> You know, and that's not to say that we're some kind of, you know, immutable giant in the in the community, but, you know, like they don't that, that's not representative of what we want. And the the, the just the claim that, that the land would be privatized is it's just a nonsense claim. When you when you look at our economies, m almost all of the industry that our that our tribal governments are involved in is nationalized. Yeah, we'll keep going. ...it are white. Um, and oh. among the indigenous community... So he's, he's saying that most people that advocate this are white. He, he's obviously never been to Native communities, right? So let's keep going. I've been to the case, Native that, American reservations. Let's go Sorry. back a little bit. Go ahead. It just might actually be the case, just numerically, that the people who are mostly advocating for land back are white just because there are more white people, like white kids who are progressive saying land back you know there may be like millions of just white lefty kids saying land back and that's what he's talking about and it may just or be... or he hangs around a bunch of white people and he doesn't know your names <laughs> yeah it most likely is personal selection bias of course yeah so let me, let me rewind this a little bit because he's saying that uh, white people are the ones saying it let's go back a little bit there. what is it we're privatizing public land to, to give it to the control of indigenous tribes uh i, I mean uh you know i most of the people that I see on the internet advocating it are white. Um, oh and among the indigenous community, look, I've been to Native American reservations, oh, uh, there. and there are a number of Native Americans who serve in the U.S. military, uh, oh who are God. evangelical Christians, who vote for Republicans. So I don't think it's unanimous among indigenous people that they want to form a separate state. Uh, and, uh, and, and they want, they want, you know, territory to form a separate state. I don't think it's necessarily, uh, unanimous among them, uh, what that would even. Yeah. Go ahead. So I just want to point out that seconds before he clearly establishes that we're not a monolith, he treats us as if we're a monolith. Yeah. So <laughs> it's again, disingenuous, dishonest rhetoric. Yeah. So I, I remember, I, I, you know, he gave two examples. So I'm sorry for stuttering. Uh, one, he said Native people were in the, mil are in the military and two um, Natives are evangelicals. First off, the evangelicals came because of colonization, right? Uh, so fuck him. You know, fuck him for using that as an example. There would be no Natives in the U.S. military without colonization either. Yeah. So, yeah. But not only that, I remember, I'll, I'll share a real quick story that when I was I was in, in the military when that whole Standing Rock thing started to happen. I remember going out to eat with, there was a group of us in our units that was, it was uh, different from different tribes. It was like, um, I would say six of us, right? And I remember we were sitting for at lunch and we were talking about actually 
you know, like uh, taking a leave and going to Standing Rock to help to help with Standing Rock because we were we were I mean obviously we're in the military but we we do we are able to critique our you know our our governments you know or this government this, I don't really call it our government but you know and, and seller colonization just because we you know and so many just like me so many people join the military because they're poor right with with shit opportunities out there so for him to use that as an example fuck him like you know. No. Not only is that, again, another disingenuous piece of rhetoric, because their constant claim is that we are numerically the smallest minority of people that are non-immigrants, you know, people who are born on this continent. We're the smallest numerical minority. So even, even if we have the highest rate per capita of joining the military, we are still the smallest numerical minority in the military. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, to say, he's also saying separate states, separate states, because they can't imagine, you know, a decolonial state where they have to, you know, abide with indigenous laws and indigenous, you know, sovereignty in it, you know, so of course they, they need a separate state. That's some white supremacist shit, you know, fuck him. Let's keep going. Uh, comprise. So I, 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 I wouldn't feel comfortable going around advocating, you know, a separate state until I was sure that this is this was the overwhelming consensus among indigenous folks. It is, you dumbass. Let's keep going. Um, and even then, I would advocate what they advocate. I wouldn't advocate what what you know some nonprofit advocates. I guess. Yeah. Oh, like like the Larouche Foundation or the Schiller Institute. You dumbass. Let's keep going. <laughs> Fuck him. Um, and I guess this all gets tricky. But at the end of the day, I mean, yes, historically colonized people do have the right to their own territory, etc. But but. And but this land back stuff, the way Why it's always but? presented to there's me. There's no but. You don't need to put a but. Yeah, there's no but. But you know, but fuck him. Is this is why you can't be a patriotic socialist? This is why you can't advocate 21st century socialism. Mm-hmm. We're all living on stolen land, and so you can't advocate, you know, an economic program to dismantle imperialism ahead, here. Because- okay. Yeah. Go ahead. So. He's he's claiming that that's the reason why it's wrong to, or that, that we're saying it's wrong to be a patriotic socialist. It, it apparently has nothing to do with the largest genocide in human history, the colonization project, the actual inspiration for Nazi Lebensraum, you know, Jim Crow, slavery. Uh, just it, it's 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 amazing. It's amazing how much they're willing to ignore in order to arrive at their predetermined destination. We're not even 10 minutes in this fucking goddamn video. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's just the most disgusting thing ever. I, I think actually Haas's video is more disgusting than this one, but we'll get to those later. But I think, um, you know, this is the reason why you can't be patriotic socialist. So why would you be patriotic for, for a, a government and a, a nationalism? This one is bourgeois nationalism, right? And two, like, it's a settler colonial genocidal fucking nationalism, right? Why would you be patriotic for that? Why? I don't understand that, you know? For decolonization, we want to abolish, you know, abolish the government and, and settler, settler um, all, all settler colonization, which means also it's nationalisms. Right. So why would you want to be patriotic for that unless you're a fucking Nazi? And it's your white supremacist, unless you're, you know, pro-genocidal, pro, pro, you know, everything the US has done. You can't just put on a communist mask and say, hey, you know, we're gonna wash away our sins from what we did. No. You know, like you you we, we you know, if you really want to liber- liberate us uh, or have us get liberation, you you shouldn't um 
but you should be advocating for us to have total decolonization, you know, uh, the, the way we call for it, not the way you call exactly. for it. You know? Exactly. If if you want us to believe that you stand with us, you have to stand with us, yeah. not against us. And then go, we're on your side. Then what do you? Why are you in the way? Yeah, let's go. Okay. Can't advocate, you know, jobs and education. Uh, the most blatant example of, of this kind of thing I saw was during the teachers' strike in 2017. The West Virginia teachers' strike. They went on strike in West Virginia, and the Workers' World Party, which was a Marxist group that I had previously been a member of, uh, they were dominated by Maoist third worldist elements, and they didn't support the teachers' strike on the grounds that the teachers' strike was taking place on indigenous land. And they they actually wrote a manifesto on their website saying that instead of going on strike these teachers in West Virginia should pay reparations to indigenous people. And then below it, they put the meme, a meme that said one settler, one bullet. Um, and if you know the history of strikes in West Virginia and company thugs and gun thugs, uh, that was just blatantly scabbing at that point. This guy is very disingenuous by, by saying that, you know, I don't know if he's claiming that native people were saying this one settler, one bullet, or the mouse were saying that. Right. I'm not sure. Not, not only that, in the United States, there are several Maoist groups that Maoists don't take seriously, that Marxist Leninists don't take seriously because they're like LARPy and they engage in shit like putting severed pig heads on local politicians doorsteps to be threatening and, and disrupting like protest and labor union action. Nobody takes those fucking guys seriously. Nobody. So if that's who he's who he's referring referring to, he's be again being dishonest because those are a minority of a minority of Marxists. Are you telling me that you he's know. like really being very cherry picky about who he who he argues against and then who he picks from the indigenous communities that support his position? I'm not even sure that this these people actually exist. Like there's a, there's, <laughs> there's a tendency for these people to invent enemies to like they they construct their own windmills and straw men to tilt at. Going, yeah. Now, obviously, the rest of the organization didn't agree with them and there was some internal turmoil. Uh, but to see, you know, this this kind of land back stuff being used as a justification for not supporting, you know, all kinds of working class teachers going out on strike. I mean, that's an example of how kind of toxic this is. Right. We should. support. Yeah. But here we go again. Like we're native people against the strike. I don't understand this. I, I don't I don't know the backstory to this. If somebody knows the backstory, please message the podcast. Uh, you know, like I, I don't know why he's using that as an example as, as anti-land back. I mean, there's people that use phrases uh, like the wrong way. I mean, people use the word decolonization the wrong way, right? Like, oh, I'm going to decolonize myself. And it's a whole different conversation. But, you know, like, but, you know, it's, it's very individually. So, so you know, I think, you know, so to say, like, these people that use land back. So if anybody says land back and they, and they commit something or they just do something fucked up, does that mean that the whole land back movement's fucked up? No, right? So I I, I don't understand his, this, this logic right here. So did anybody have comments before I move forward? No? I just I, I don't know. He's he's really something else. So, so him him trying to paint the entire sort of land back anti-colonialism movement as toxic because one group, which he won't even identify by name, maybe did this thing that he's not specific enough that you could Google search it and find information about it. You know, like I, I, I don't, I don't know if he's the person to identify toxic elements in a movement. 
just based on <laughs> not not just based on shit that happened recently, but just in general. Yeah, anyway, Native people should get reparations. Not only that, and the you know we should abolish the seller state. But let's keep going. Support indigenous people, and they're 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 called if they want a separate territory, etc. Uh, but but this idea that. Why, keeps, why does he keep saying that, a separate territory? That sounds white supremacist, right? Like, why, why say that we want a separate state? Like, what the fuck? Like, so I would love to know where he's getting that from. Yeah, it's kind of fucking weird. Like, because if, he, if he doesn't say that, he can't claim that we're an ethno state. If, we, if he acknowledges the fact that what we want is sovereignty over our ancestral territories, and we don't want to remove anybody that, that lives there, he has to admit that we're not ethnostatists. Yeah, okay, let's keep going. Yeah, I agree. We cannot engage in class struggle because we're all a bunch of racist Euro settlers. And uh, nobody says that. Nobody says that. I don't give you, nobody says that. I'm sorry. You know who says that? Yeah. White white supremacists. Yeah. That's literally an argument that white supremacists use to act like they are not racist or whatever. Whenever they say something racist or they just out themselves for what they are, they say, oh, oh, we're all just racist. All white people are racist. It's like, it's fucking bullshit. Like, I <laughs> I have never been called, I don't get called racist. I don't get called racist because I don't say racist shit. It's very easy to not get lumped in with the racist if you just aren't a fucking racist and you don't say white nationalist shit. So they're using that exact same argument. You know what's funny is like Native people, it's not funny, but you know, ironic, there it goes, uh, is that Native people are in the forefront of anti-capitalism and we have comrades of all backgrounds in our organizations you know and nobody says you can't speak because you're white like if anything you know like i have really good comrades that that, that really good allies you know that are white so you know it, it's he's just projecting whatever the fucking securities he has and his racism too uh and anyone who does is actually a white supremacist trying to prop up you know, that can be used to, you know, to derail any progressive struggle. And, and that's why it's dangerous. Sure. No. It's not just calling anybody that we disagree with white supremacists. It's you saying these talking points. It's why you get called white supremacists. So, yeah. Sure. One of the things you said earlier um, that I, I want to connect that, but also, you know, return to what you had just said. Um, there are people who haven't thought about this for longer than three seconds um, and are saying that, you know, we're speaking on behalf of the indigenous community um, that well, no, we're doing the opposite. We're right. saying these, these folks are doing that. <laughs> exactly. Well, that That's like, that's, I think what Caleb was hitting on is like exactly. alluding to this issue with the N- NGO industry, the nonprofit industrial complex is that it, it um, makes it seem like it's representing groups of people when it's doing the exact opposite. It's handpicking um, specific people that say they represent a, a large group of the working class, but they they don't at all. These people aren't elected. Uh, no one's choosing like term limits for these again. people who are supposedly. Go ahead. You notice there's always that uh, mythical, vague, undefined working class they always bring up whenever they need to make their point their bigoted points basically whether they're doing their turfy shit or whether they're doing the anti-indigenous shit they always say this is an anti-working class thing that they're doing citing some working class they never actually show any evidence for they never show any evidence of the general working class being against land back or gay people or whatever it is that they are opposing at at any given moment 
I do want to say too, they're saying that, you know, um, they're not trying to speak for native people and that, you know, this uh, uh, NGO, which is Indian Collective, um, it doesn't speak for all native people. First off, Indian Collective is made of natives, right? Second of all, these people here in this video, none of them are native. So they speak for zero amount of native people, right? Zero. So they represent zero native people. At least people in that in the collective are native. So, you know, they can't say, oh, you know, they don't speak for native people. Yeah, they do. They speak for themselves. They speak for whoever they associate with, you know? So they're trying to, to like belittle this organization, right? Which really doesn't have that much power, right? Or at, at any at all within the system to say that they're like this like evil, like unrepresented, you know, like they don't have the voice. Like these people in this organization have a more, more of a voice than any, anybody that made this fucking stupid ass video. You know, this is my observations. Any comments before I, I press play? No, no, other than I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Speaking for the marginalized groups, you know, it, it's the exact opposite of like a representational democracy, but they, the way they market themselves, the way the, this industry markets it's, it's itself is that as if they're speaking for large groups of people. And then what happens is that messaging filters down to regular people who say, no, see, uh, I read it in L magazine that, that, you know, the, the tiny house warriors got arrested and they're, they're the ones that are speaking for these groups. And I'm going to listen. I'm as a white person, it's my job to listen. And, and this is where people's good nature gets taken advantage of by this giant nonprofit industrial complex. Right. Exactly. And that goes back. Okay. So when people, when native people are the for forefront of, of, you know, these like demonstrations and against capitalism, against, you know, exploitation of land, you should listen to them. You should, 100%, right? They, they obviously have a voice and they have, uh, their communities are being affected by what the fuck's going on. You know, these people live in like this privileged life where they're, they're not in the forefront of their, you know, their land being taken or exploited, you know, or their lifestyles being taken away. So they don't give a fuck, right? And, and he's talking about this like giant, uh, uh, NGO uh, complex. Yeah, that's a problem, you know, but any collective is a small, small uh, uh, organization compared to the whole complex, right? Is he mad? Are they mad that Native people made our own NGOs or, or own, you know, nonprofits, whatever? You know, like, what the fuck? Like, are we not allowed to have anything, right? So <laughs> I don't understand this logic. I think I think one of the interesting things, not, not not to say that NGOs are like revolutionary organizations because they're not. Yeah. I don't think they're anybody not, yeah. seriously thinks that. But when you look at, uh, let's say, the CPI, for instance, um, it was a quote unquote political think tank and it was registered as a corporation. So that's kind of like an NGO, dude. I think he's mad that like we got farther with our NGOs, did. Than, than he ever could. I think uh, they're making another big assumption, basically, that the entire land back movement has been subsumed into this, this NGO complex, as he puts it, when it may in fact be the case that the most material benefits and the most significant things that are land back related have been achieved by these NGOs. But that's not a, that doesn't mean that the entire land back movement is, is co-opted by them. It means that you know, the protests were met with, like the real revolutionary and direct actions were met with 
the heavy handedness of the state that the January 6th type of shit was not met with, obviously, that the white supremacists are not met with. And that's why, you know, those things are resisted and whatever gains that they get are quickly eroded because it's material shit that actually affects the people who have the money and the power. So, yeah, of course, that, of course, every movement gets turned into like liberal uh, half victories at best. That's how this whole fucking thing works. It doesn't mean that it was originated by the NGOs themselves. It's, it's ridiculous. And again, another just disingenuous argument based on their assumptions. I'm going to say something real quick. Um, you, you know what they want? You want, they want native people to join their organization, their, their whatever communist, their communist parties, even though, you know, I am a communist. They want native people to join their organization, communist organization, whatever CPI is. I don't need to consider them communist, right? Their organization. So we, they can tokenize us. So they, so they can be like, Hey, look, native people are, are, are in our organization. We're going to represent them. Right. Yeah. Instead of like, token. They want yeah. tokens. They don't want. It, they don't want self-determining indigenous people. They want yeah. token. Instead of them having their own organizations, instead of us having, you know. So what's the difference if 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 you know uh, natives join fucking stupid ass CPI and they say, hey, yeah, we have native people in our organization compared to native people creating our own fucking nonprofit and, and you know and. and you know, somehow getting money from fucking Bezos and, and you know, and, and then putting that money back in, into the community. So I know they have, because one of my personal friends actually got a, a, a arts, um, what was that shit called? A scholarship or whatever from uh, um, uh, any collective, right? So, you know, they do give money away. They do give artist scholarships. They do, they do fund uh, projects in the Native community. So what are they mad about? What has CPI done for Native communities? Why has Communist Party, whatever, done to, to fund, you know, or help na Native communities? I want to know, if you compare any collective and how much they give away to any other organization that's not non-Native, let's compare. Honestly, let's compare how much you have given back to the Native community, non-Native groups. Honestly, if you if you can tell me you have done more than any collective, then okay, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you you know credit, I'll give you profit, you know props. But I'm not going to just say, hey, no, like this this organization, this Native, you know, is evil because it's a nonprofit or because it's an NGO or because whatever. Fuck you. So I'm gonna move forward. <laughs> To Caleb, what you were saying towards the end of your comment, and that it it further solidifies among the general public the narrative that to counteract this privatization of public land is being a racist white Euro settler, yeah. um, because you're not supporting what Amazon wants to do, uh, what large real estate companies in Canada building luxury apartments, generating billions of dollars of rent want to do. Um, that means that you're stepping on indigenous toes. Well, the thing is, like, we have a common. So does Jeff Bezos actually control Indian Collective or does he just donate money? What, what, what is this about building luxury apartments or whatever? What the fuck does that have to do with Indian Collective? Did they build that? I don't know. I don't know. You know I'm saying, but, you know, to me, it's just one of those things is like uh, they don't like privatization. So they want natives to just. You know, what do they want natives to do in, 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 in capitalism? We have casinos, we have, you know, we have a, a lot of industry, you know, like, for example, Hard Rock Cafe is a native owned industry. We have, uh, I think it was like cruise liners. We have uh, so many different industries, right? And Seneca Nation has oil and gas. We have shipping. Yeah. We have all kinds of stuff. So, like, what, what do they want us to do? Yeah. So, like, you know, we, this, like, this, this, is, this is the colonial system that we're trying to overthrow. 
but you, again, they're assuming that like yeah, sorry, Landback is somehow doing the will of Jeff Bezos, as opposed to like, I mean, again, just as a white guy daring to speak for Native people, I could think of some things that Native people might want done with Jeff Bezos's billions of dollars that are none of the things that he is going to do or ever even think of doing. Like he could just buy huge parcels of land and rather than privatize them, literally publicize them. Like just give them back to the the communities that they originally belong to. It's not that hard to find out. And then, yeah, the opposite of privatizing. But of course, he's not going to do that because that would materially affect a, a, a lot of things. And that's not something that can be done. Fuck them. <laughs> Let's keep going. An enemy. And that's what we're focusing on here. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's not... Is not the indigenous people is like, we're trying to tell them what to do. We're saying we as white people or whatever race or whatever your identity is, we have a common enemy. And that's like the bottom line. And we're allowed to talk about that. We should talk. We have a common enemy. Like he said, white people and native have a common enemy. What is that? Like, is it capitalism? Because they're the ones that brought it. Right. They, they're the ones that, 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 that put up the system of settler colonization. So that enemy is ours. They're the ones upholding it. So what's the common enemy here? I, I want to know. Just, I don't know. It's like just based on the people that are on this panel. I, I'm not too familiar with the two that are on the bottom, but I'm familiar with the top three. And, I, and <laughs> you know anything about these three individuals, you know that none of them have any business being a moral or ethical judge about anything. Yeah, let's keep going about that. One thing also that's worth pointing out is that all over the world, and especially in South and Central America, uh, the US government and the UN NGO CIA apparatus likes to play this game of like they pick their favorite indigenous folks as if they speak for all indigenous folks. Evo Morales, the president of Bolivia, was the first indigenous president of Bolivia. Uh, He had an indigenous ceremony to swear him in. He wore indigenous clothing. Uh, He, you know, he, you know, changed it to the plurinational state of Bolivia and changed their constitution to give sovereignty to indigenous groups. But U.S. media called him a dictator, called him a tyrant, uh, said he was, you know, but then. uh, I want to stop here. I'm tired of people, especially non-natives, like tokenizing evil morales. Right, uh, and this plurinational thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say it's not, it's, 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 not, it's not even like a perfect system because they had a coup which overthrew Morales. So please don't tell me how plurinationalism is some fucking savior for indigenous peoples. Right, it's not. So like, if, if it was so perfect, that coup wouldn't have happened. Right, right wing. Not just. Fascist. Just think about what it is. Think about what it is. Plurinationalism means that we're just gonna smooth over all of the things that have gone wrong we're going to pretend that they didn't happen and then we're just going to live in the same space under the same laws but pretend we're two different nations yeah so it's, yeah it's hyper performative and there's people online that that push plurinationalism and it's not a, it's definitely not a solution to the shit that went on not, on the north yeah. american continent 100 not a solution not for the united states not for canada unlikely for mexico if they want to do that in south america that whatever it's south american yeah, native yeah completely different thing yeah they, it's all you, you. Know, yeah our sovereignty is different here too so we can't just have plurinationalism in a way that they have in bolivia so i i think you know we anybody that champions plurinationalism you're to me you're a fucking idiot 
for, you know, for here in the U.S., you know, for here in the, the U.S. The social democracy solution. It's not a Marxist-Leninist solution. It's the social democracy solution. Yeah, let's keep going. When he would want to build a road to bring jobs and economic development to indigenous areas, they would go, the U.S. media and the NGO apparatus at the U.N. would go and find an indigenous group that didn't believe in electricity and didn't believe in running water uh, and hold them up and say, oh, my God, they're oppressing the communists, they're oppressing the indigenous people. Well, I mean, Evo Morales himself was indigenous. He granted territorial integrity. He wiped out illiteracy in Bolivia, which was huge. Uh, he paved the roads of the country. He raised millions of indigenous people out of poverty. Um, but, you know, he wanted to build a road, and the CIA found this group of indigenous folks who don't believe. Yeah, go ahead. So it, I find it very interesting that his example of indigenous people in Bolivia, be, other than Evo Morales, are that we're illiterate and that 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 we don't believe in electricity. <laughs> what? Where's the actual? Where's the actual example of this? Like, is there an actual example of this? Because I don't think that there is. I do remember there being. Um, an argument about some I, I believe it had something to do with um, deforestation for beef production or some shit like that. I don't remember an argument that that they don't want electricity because they don't believe in it. it absolutely just, fucking I think there's, there's, there's like communities in like uh, in some parts of South America that don't, they're not as uh, connected to you know the modern quote unquote modern. You know, uh, but if you don't want electricity, that's different from not believing in electricity. And yeah. in, an interesting point, very weird thing for him to focus on being a a member and in the orbit of the LaRouche organization, because one of their big things is getting everybody who's poor electricity because it'll make them rich. You know, I, I want to say this too: like if a, if a native community or, you know, wants to live a certain way, let them. Are you going to go to like those uncontacted tribes or whatever they have, you know, and tell them how to live? No, like, you know, there's some, there's some communities, uh, you know, on some other continents that, you know, are, are, I forgot the name, uh, they killed that dude that tried to come into their island. <laughs> um, but Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, but you're going to tell them how to live, dude? Like, they don't want to be, they don't want to be fucked with. Like, it's not that there are Morales, is the CIA and the U.S. government does dumb shit like oh you know Tibet is being oppressed you know um, uh, you know Hong Kong's being oppressed Taiwan's being oppressed you know we all know the rhetoric so why why you know anybody with a brain can see past it you know so it's not a really good example. Believe in roads uh, and they they you know they put them all over the TV and oh, oh look he's oppressing the indigenous people you know that would be kind of like you know saying that uh, you know if, if the U.S. government was going to build a highway in Pennsylvania. Uh, they, they went and found the Amish people and put the Amish people on there and said, look, the Pennsylvanians don't believe in this. How dare you? You're bringing, you know, you know, I mean, all, all indigenous folks are not the same. And they play this game in Nicaragua. Well, you know, if, if the U.S. government says we're going to build a road to your community, to an Amish community, I hope the Amish community does have a voice to what the fuck happens, you know, what, what, what gets built in their community. Just saying. You know, not, saying not not like Pennsylvanians would love better roads, let me tell you. <laughs> yes, 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 we would. Um, not only that, why does he pretend like there's no natives that live in Pennsylvania? Like, wh why go to the Amish? Like, again, he's he's picking out like religious zealots. Not, not that I'm talking shit about the Amish. Not that they'd ever hear this, anyways. But uh, 
no, like what what what's this focus on people who are by choice technologically underdeveloped and then also ignoring the fact that indigenous people exist in Pennsylvania as well like I, it just I, this could go ahead. again more dishonesty and not no like no investigation no right to speak right yeah this could go ahead. they are currently and it's still on discussion building a talking of building a uh, uh, a new canal that would counter the Panama Canal. Now, the USA controls the Panama Canal. So the USA, of course, doesn't like the fact that Nicaragua is in talks with the Chinese government about building a new canal that would counter it. So how have they countered it? They've found some indigenous group that would object, even though the overwhelming majority of people in Nicaragua have indigenous heritage, even though Nicaragua, the current Nicaraguan government is overwhelmingly supported by indigenous folks, they this guy's making a case that indigenous peoples are against uh, upgrading, uh, you know, uh, infrastructure. infrastructure. Yeah, <laughs> fuck him. Not all native people are against that. And they, they, we, most, like we said before, the, the, one, of the, one of the most unifying complaints among indigenous people on reservations is about water infrastructure. Yeah, not so water is you know, a lot of infrastructure. <laughs> so yeah, so this guy's you know he's saying that. His, you know, the way he, the way stuff he's talking about is just, I'm so he's, he's making people it. up. Yeah. He's making enemies up to to for him to attack. That's yeah. what, this, what these kinds of people do. They're they're they don't actually stand for anything. They stand for these vague concepts, so they have to come up with these vague, invisible, imaginary enemies to fight. Yeah, let's keep going. They have found certain groups uh, that they are able to then prop up and say, look, the indigenous people of Nicaragua don't want this canal. And, and this is a game that they like to play, um, and it's particularly dangerous. And there's, there's other historical examples of this. And this is it, part of it flows from the problem that the way we've come to talk about imperialism, we don't talk about it in an economic sense. Imperialism, we talk about it as cultural imperialism. Right. And, and that's, you know, that's understanding that imperialism is an economic system where countries are kept in poverty by, you know, monopolies and Western capitalism. It is holding back economic development. But when imperialism suddenly becomes, you know, it's about preserving indigenous cultures. And it's, a, you know, and, and that is that is a, you know, in the, in the Middle East, you know, Saudi I, didn't hear, I didn't hear what he said. Did the video cut out? I think it cut out. Yeah, it did. Yeah. So this whole cultural thing is settler colonization. Say what it is, settler colonization. Isn't that what part of imperialism is? Right? It's not cultural imperialism. It's settler colonization. Right? So, you know, it's what's affecting us. So don't don't he's just trying to reward what settler colonization is and saying Yeah, there's there's no such thing called cultural imperialism. I, I've never heard of that. Shit. Yeah. Part. Yeah. No, I've up. never heard of that. I've been a Marxist since I was in my mid-teens, and I'm in my mid-30s now, I've never fucking heard of anything called cultural imperialism. Never. Yeah, let's keep going. Arabia, that's not what the Arab people want. That's not the beautiful way the Arab people are, that the, you know, the white man is coming there. No, people in the Middle East want you know, modernization and human rights and economic development. And you know, ISIS and Al-Qaeda-like groups, they don't represent the people of the Middle East, right? And that that, that we have this narrative where it's like there's these beautiful people around the world who are living their beautiful indigenous ways. And no, when the British Empire went to India, it reinforced the caste system because it was a mechanism for keeping the people of India oppressed, right? Um, and that, that projecting this this narrative where it's like it's it's like 
development is somehow an attack on indigenous people around the world. Uh, that is that is a very, very white chauvinist uh, thing to do uh, that is often used to prop up the economic relationship that keeps people in poverty. People want jobs. People want economic opportunities. You know, they, they may Stop value right their own tradition. That's specifically a LaRouche talking point, what he just dropped right there. Explain. Specifically <laughs> a LaRouche talking point. So and another thing is um, the British colonization of India is not in any way. I mean, there's similar elements, of course. But it is not the same as the British colonization and the Spanish and and French and whatnot of the North American continent. Not 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 comparable at all. You're talking about a culture that already had a racial caste system and a culture that had no concept of race. Two completely different sets of circumstances. He's being a super dishonest again. Not to mention it's like, cultures. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, just real quick. Not to mention it's also that same exact fucking white racist argument. It's like, oh, are you going to tell us that we shouldn't colonize indigenous people and deny them jobs and uh, businesses and all this shit? It's like, hey, how about you fuck off with that, you know, white racist nonsense? It's it's ridiculous. Don't don't native people? I mean, infrastructure is one thing, but don't native people want like you know like to live like us in capitalism? You know, like it's just a, yeah, it's just like. Well, we would be chauvinist not to give him capitalism. You know, it's just like, get the fuck out of here. Like, like he's like, he doesn't want to be white chauvinist, but this whole video is white chauvinism. <laughs> yeah. And that's fine. But but economic development, jobs, healthcare, electrification, wiping out illiteracy, these, these things are not an, an attack on indigenous peoples by any means. Um, but they are when socialist countries do it, <laughs> according to the NGO. Exactly. And the thing is, too, is with that is racial essentialism in itself to imply that indigenous communities, they're inherently antagonistic towards this development and improvement of rights um, for their communities. And for the as you know, the, the land back proposed claims say interconnectedness between the struggles of all peoples. Um, I'm not assessing the validity of whatever standpoint is being presented forward um, by somebody. I care about what are the ramifications for imperialism and sustaining it in the United States. Because um, that's what's actually materially important for the interests of indigenous peoples, other marginalized groups, and the entire international proletariat. Yeah, I mean, concrete examples of those standpoints being exploited, uh, like the, the Standing Rock protests from five years ago, which were funded heavily by giant foundations, including the Novo Foundation, resulted in the shut, you know, the shutdown of that pipeline. And what people don't realize is that uh, Warren Buffett, who funded the, a lot of the protesters, also owns a lot of the railroads and uh, oil transportation on railroads in the country. So by shutting down that pipeline, uh, it didn't pose any threat to him. It actually was helping his business. Another one recently was the Atlantic Coast Pipeline uh, in the uh, southeast. United States, another similar situation where uh, Dominion Energy, which is this massive, massive energy company in that area, uh, they got protested for their pipeline by Warren Buffett's various foundations. It distressed the company so much that Warren Buffett actually bought the company after the pipeline got shut down. He, he created a distressed asset. I mean, this is like CIA type stuff that we often assign to the CIA, but now it's being done by billionaires because they have more power. A lot of cases, they have more power I mean, than a lot of you states. You know, real do. quick. Yeah, I see that's like right here. that's a 
that's a lot to assume. It's like, like I was saying before, to assume that this is seriously affecting Warren Buffett's bottom line or even like market forces in general. It's, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Warren Buffett is investing some donations into a movement that is going to get a pipeline shut down and that it will benefit him, give him some profits long-term. It's like, that's just business as usual. Like they will cynically take advantage of whatever they can uh, to make some profits. It doesn't mean that now land back is at the behest of Warren Buffett. Like he's pulling the puppet strings. They're always making those kind of assumptions when they're just, they're not backing that up with anything other than it's like, it's the same kind of like QAnon style of, uh, Oh my God, they donated. Therefore that's the evidence of the puppet strings right there. We found one, we found one donation. We found one paper trail that that's where it stops. Yeah. And it, I, no, I was going to say, ahead, not, not only that, not only that, um, I mean, he, what, what he's explaining here is that somehow the consolidation of capital, which has been happening since capitalism started becoming a thing, is now some kind of bizarre CIA plot to help big business, which is what the CIA does, but, but he's acting like this is not a natural function of capitalism, like trying to distress a competitor so that you can purchase them for your own gain isn't a part of capitalism naturally anyways. It's, it's, it's really sick, I think, to say, hey, the Native people are, are protesting pipelines because they're being funded by billionaires, not Instead of you know the truth that native people are protesting, protesting these pipelines because they fuck up the environment and our culture and our you know our 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 our, our, our lives are connected to this to this land. We have a relationship to it. So not not that right. Some some conspiracy where the CIA is meeting with native protesters that are people that are in the front lines are like uh, Marxists, you know, and, and, and or, or you know anarchists or whatever, you know, left left leaning people. Somehow the CIA is like, hey guys, here, let me bring a, a suitcase full of money, you know, and it's, that's not fishy, right? That's you know, like here, can you protest this pipeline that's coming through. If anything, the government wants this fucking pipeline. Why the fuck would it be, be proposed in the first place? If other people's play you know donation money or whatever that's that's on them but nobody's coming in i've never heard somebody coming in saying hey like here here's some money to protest something that we're trying to get done what the fuck it's a weird mental gymnastics right some weird conspiracy theory this is how far these people go right to to make up these scenarios in these in their heads to like demonize anything native people do so first you know what what, what Watch, watch. Just keep, just please keep watching. I don't want to talk too much. I, I'm so fucking pissed <laughs> off right now. Yeah. Uh, and and the latest one is this one in Vancouver with the, the Squamish people uh, that are building this luxury uh, waterfront housing project. And it's, uh, you know, the standpoint is going to be used that, uh, oh, it's a green building. Uh, they're, you know, they're providing wealth to their nation. Um, but it's lux- it's going to be luxury development for 6,000 units, these, these giant towers in, uh, in what's an under- kind of an undeveloped part of Vancouver. And you can imagine, like, once these things get built, uh, when movements for rent control and tenants' rights come up in Vancouver, indigenous sovereignty and indigenous and centering indigenous people is going to be invoked to shut down those tenant movements. It's- Let's stop. First off, they're saying native people don't want industry. Now he's saying they do want industry, but it's like bourgeois industry, right? 
which if we build now, now he's saying that building like, uh, you know, apartments or condos is bad. So now we have to do industry the way they want to. Right. And then he's saying that I've never heard, I've never heard of anywhere where, where native people have like apartments or any, any type of style like this, you know, industry uh, where they invoked our sovereignty not to give tenant rights. Tell me, please, somebody tell me when that has happened. Right. So not to mention he's, he's pretty, not only that, aren't these guys from the quote unquote city building tendency? That's what they call themselves. So, yeah. So, yeah. So it's like you know, it's it's ironic because on one side, this is what I noticed when I watched this video is like one, they start saying that native people are not against industry, but then they start start you know, harping against native industry, right? And it's just like, what the fuck? Like because they don't actually stand for anything. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like all this is just disingenuous bullshit. It seems like the one thing that they explicitly stand for, or is just not having things run by indigenous people because whether they're saying that indigenous people are going to stop things from being built or that they're going to have the wrong things being built they're just openly saying that they just disagree with whatever indigenous people are going to do if you give them land back no matter what it is they're not going to agree with it yeah let's keep going oh you want to want to take money out of the pockets out of this of the squamish people uh so bolting uh bolting land back on top of this capitalist system that's driven you know by a Billionaires funding the nonprofit industrial complex. Uh, it's not the same. It's not the same as land reform, and I think that's that's why we have to keep hammering this point home. It's not the same thing. That seems to be a, a major point of confusion here. Uh, just to clarify, so everybody is on the same page. Uh, somebody asked how Jeff Bezos is supporting land back. Um, how much did he give? He gave $12 million. He gave $12 million from uh, his Earth Fund. $12 million specifically to the NDN Collective, that in 30 um, seconds. which is the underpinning organization of the Land Back campaign that started. Yeah, he makes that in 30 seconds, you're right. But also, I want to say that, um, you know, he's talking about land reform. A lot of these, I, I didn't really, I'm starting to see a lot of these non native, especially patriot socialists, talk land reform as a way to maintain power in the US. Right. They say, they say land reform as like, yeah, we'll give native people some more land. Right. But not, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have a settler communist state where, you know, native people have autonomy and it's, you know, off to the side with the asterisks. But we're going to maintain power. Right. So we'll have land reform. Yes. But only the way we see it, instead of saying, you know, like, hey, instead of having native people in the forefront, you know, making these decisions, they want to make the decisions on what land reform looks like. And. Who the fuck said any collective was land reform, right? Who said uh, native uh, uh, tribes with their industry was land reform? Who the fuck said that? You know, who said that? No, no, nobody did. They did. That, yeah. That's that's the point of contention. They're like, we support, you know, self-determination for indigenous people. But like you said, there's an asterisk. And that asterisk is upon our conditions. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's not self-determination. It's. It's their determination of what we're allowed to have. And let's keep going. Of what they stole from us. Yeah, exactly. The fall of 2020. This isn't like any kind of conspiratorial, like Charlie yeah. in the mailroom. It is, though. Drawing connections. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jeff Bezos literally financially supports this yeah, right. publicly and outright. He, he said we can Google it. He should Google, like, 
is, or he should like go look up or, or read uh, indigenous uh, authors and scholars to talk about, you know, to talk about our, our conditions. Like he said it himself, Google it, right? So anybody listening could Google or look up like indigenous scholars. He obviously hasn't. So fuck him. Yeah. And maybe some people deploy that as like a thought stopping thing. Like, oh, well, if Jeff Bezos donates money to something, then it's bad. Right? Yeah. We're not, we're not saying that it's the beginning of looking into that. it and saying, well, why, Literally why would he do saying. that? And then yeah. how does that influence the ideal in my head that I have of land back versus concretely, materially, how the effect that that money has on the movement, the sensibilities of the movement oh, and how it manifests itself in real life. That's what, that's what it's opening the door to. It's not to say, oh, well, it's, it's, it's shitty now Slippery because uh, he donated to it. Like that's, it's not the point. Yeah, that's, I think that's where uh, a lot of people bump up. I've, I've been see- witnessing this in like conversations, you know, for a few years, uh, you know, over the course of the year when I've been talking to people about land back and they say, well, why is it bad that it's being funded by a billionaire? Just because it's funded by a billionaire doesn't discredit it. Liberals will always try to co-opt our movements. Um, and that just sort of takes a shortcut around what Caleb was alluding to and Alex gave great examples. If somebody's trying to co-op your movement, wouldn't wouldn't the, the 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 right thing to do is learn about decolonization from indigenous peoples then, right? Instead of saying, hey, you know, like yeah. hey, Bezos is funding this or gave you know did a tax breaks thing for this one native organization, they must be evil. Like why 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 not instead of just why wouldn't you instead direct people to indigenous uh uh you know, like a theorist, indigenous, like I say, indigenous scholars that have talked about, you know, cultural colonization in our, in our conditions, you know, why? Why, 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 why paint this picture like this? But, you know, here we go. I turn the volume down so we can talk over it too, so. <laughs> Is that we need to look at the, the economic, you know, underpinning of like what, why they're doing this. It's not because they're nice people. It's not because, you know, oh, culturally we all just, all of a sudden we feel so bad about what the sins of what we've done in the past and we're paying penance. Like that's not how <laughs> capitalists operate. They operate. This man has once, no guilt about that. You know, in their best interest. And, yeah. you know, maybe they do feel like they're killing two birds with one stone and they're saying, oh, see, we're helping indigenous people. And we're, you know, the more important thing is that it's helping them economic, their bottom line economically. And that's what motivates the whole system. The whole system and the people who rise the to the top are about. the ones who are the best at doing that. And and the the idea that they're just all of a sudden becoming saints and they, they just care about Why is Mobbin so orange? It's convenient <laughs> for them. It's a convenient way to just sort of uh say, Well, we're gonna do what we need to do. And also, like by the James way, and you the guys are gonna peach. love it because we're <laughs> you know, we're we're helping out these people who have been marginalized in the past. And the thing about land reform versus land back is land reform is for everyone in in the entire world. It doesn't, it's not just about a certain group of people who've been racialized or, or whatever. It's land reform is for everyone. And that's what we're fighting he for. He had to right? stop we're himself not, there because he was about to say colonized. He was about to admit the crime. Yeah, but you know, land reform is for everyone. But but he, is he saying that land reform is different from 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 land back is fucking weird because you know to me again let's, let's make this clear to me land back means decolonization so decolonization is land reform right the land back is land reform we are 
uh, you know, getting rid of settler colonization, and the native people are are going to decide what happens, you know, on this on this land. So, and the people that don't have a decision are people that have, have colonized, right? Why would they be on the forefront on this fucking decision, right? Why? Like, let's be honest. This guy's like, oh yeah, but there was you know genocide and all this stuff that happened. Yeah, dude, there's a lot of trauma you caused. So now you want to be in the center of like. Uh, this decision-making process why well who the fuck are you because you don't want to give up power people in power never want to give it up give it up winningly see so that's the problem we have here of we're not course, just fighting for our like, specific yeah. groups of people we're fighting for that, like, everyone oh, yeah go ahead i was gonna say that like that's that's the whole point of of marxism right is to usurp the the reactionary movement that refuses to give up power what are they what are they doing right now what are they a part of right they might you don't have to be a billionaire to be a capitalist or to be uh, uh i mean <laughs> theoretically you have to be a billionaire to be a capitalist but i'm saying to support the system of capitalism or to be part of a colonial project you don't have to be the guy at the top that's not how it works. It's a project. It involves multiple elements. That is the history of the U.S. is that it wasn't just the U.S. government committing settler colonization. It was the regular colonists themselves. They were committing crimes. They were committing murders on Native people. They were taking Native's land, you know, that were selling in places they shouldn't settle, hunting animals in places they shouldn't have hunted, overhunting on purpose to kill Native people. This is all systems, all connected. Right from the top government officials to the very bottom settlers, all of them were complicit in settler colonization. Right, so they can't just say that only the U.S. government. And if you reread U.S. history, you you can see it for yourselves. Right, Mob is about to say something. His mouth is open. Let's, let's hear what the is this fucking. I just asked. before you do real quick, I just want to say like you make a good point, Rick. That you know colonialism was done by choice by the the people who were doing the the colonizing like not just the government and so land back and decolonization has to be done the same way because what you're both saying is that we are witnessing the mental gymnastics of these people who are trying to avoid giving up power and that's what it's all about because it's like i, I have a something about like the ultimate irony of where that may lead us but i do want to hear what, what caleb Peachface has to say yeah you know, one thing that I, I would like to mention is that, you know, I, I have brought up repeatedly how this is used to derail progressive struggles. And then I how? constantly get the response that never happens. And no, I mean, I've given the example. Yeah. Of the we're in a, we're in the I'll also give the example of during Occupy Wall Street, endlessly, Occupy Wall Street was told that it was a racist colonialist movement because that all that land is already occupied. You're occupying land that was stolen I've from the I've never fucking people. heard that. So therefore, that is you can't bullshit. call it. Nobody has ever fucking said that. He he literally just made that up. Good <laughs> Occupy Wall Street. You can't even have Occupy Wall Street demonstrations. And I had many, you know, many arguments with folks from this kind of woke perspective who were arguing. They weren't just arguing. Now we're woke. Now decolonization is woke. Uh, give me a break. Arguing the name was wrong, right? There were some people who started calling it decolonized Wall Street because oh that was more God. woke or something. We should decolonize. It wasn't just that. It was it was that you're not allowed to have this protest on Wall Street, um, and you're not allowed. Yeah, return to land. Yeah. 
allowed to demand things like jobs and healthcare and education because this is all. On- Let's go back. Return to land does not kick, doesn't mean kick people out either, right? It means just you know, like I said the law making yeah. process politically, right? Nobody's almost gonna- all almost all anti colonials have said that constantly. Yeah. We constantly have to say that because that yeah. bullshit point is constantly brought up. Yeah, I know. Fact- yeah, so you know, for people, I know you know these pet socks and these ultra tankies and that fucking loser are gonna listen to this episode and be like, look, they're saying ship people back. Nobody's saying that. So look, I, I have I have a question, and and neither of you guys might know the answer to this, but watching this video, how do any of these people have a platform? <laughs> like, I, like not because of what they're saying, but like just personality and charisma wise. They're they're like I mean I've said this about Caleb Maupin before and I but I I have never spent time watching these other people. They all never, really yeah. feel like they have the personality of discount lumber from Home Depot, <laughs> like the lumber's like the scraps that are like cut off or they're bent or warped <laughs> or something, so they get thrown in a pile with purple marker on them, so you know that they're discounted. Yeah, you know what's funny? I, before watching this video, I've never heard of any of these people except Maupin. Right. I, I, I think I saw a picture of, of, Cuff, of Peter Coffin in that weird bikini thing, whatever. Yeah, it was. I sent that, it to you because yeah. I hadn't heard of him until the other day. You asked if that was Peter Coffin because that was actually a great graphic. Like, uh, congrats to the CPUSA for making that really cool meme, which was it was a, uh, a woman of color kicking Caleb Maupin off of the globe yeah. and then Haas. basically implying that Haas and Peter Coffin were next. And it was really good caricatures of them. It was really well done, and I really enjoyed it. But uh, I didn't know who Peter Coffin was, and now I do, and I hate him just as much as I hate Malpin, so I can't wait. <laughs> Unfortunately, I knew who he was. Yeah. Okay, these other keep... two on the bottom, I've never seen before. Yeah, I've never seen these people before, yeah. So let's keep going. On stolen land, uh, and all of that would it come at the expense land. of people in the developing world. So we just have to kind of sit around in a circle and feel bad or, or something. It, it's this it's this derail that I've seen. So you're not supposed to feel bad about it. Then. I don't understand this concept. Like, yeah, you, we are still dealing with the system. And these people are like, don't feel bad about it. Fuck you. Like, I, I really want to Richard Spencer, this person, just, you know, like just see him talking and people are like, oh, he's calling violence towards Caleb. Oh, fuck that shit. The stuff he's saying is racist bullshit. Right. And if I see this motherfucker in person, I don't know what I'm going to do. (laughs) Even though even though he specifically has not called for violence against indigenous people, it's it's inarguable that he predates things like the infrared group. Right. And they definitely draw inspiration from him, whether they want to admit it or not. Right now, they're pretending like they don't know each other. But that's why that's why he was on the Haas' stream and other people around Haas were met up with Maupin. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Haas, they, has drew- been, Haas was at a CPI conference in Austin, Texas, yeah. all this other shit, right? So and and people in the infrared movement absolutely do make threats of physical violence. I don't know yeah. if they're gonna fall on them because they all seem like a bunch of fucking pussies, but um <laughs> let's keep going. You know what hold on. And basically okay. you know what's funny is that there's a, a weird similarity between Infrared's fans and Caleb Malpin's fans. The people, like, I can't wait till we start to do the videos where Haas deba- is debating people. Because you notice, like, I think you can see the chats in most of those videos. And you notice that, like, people get called, like, racial slurs, which is, like, yeah. and just using woke as a uh, pejorative, like, unironically, like, 
I mean, I would call maybe like some, uh, I don't know, Hillary voters woke or something, but like, I probably wouldn't even use woke. I would call them like hashtag resistance liberals. I would call them like progressives and like just obviously liberals. But the fact that they are using woke as an insult, unironically, it's like, yeah, you're just kind of going mask off as right wing because there's only one other group of people that does that. And they also are the same people who are against indigenous rights and land back, who are against LGBT people. It's like, we all know what you guys are doing. And they always have to, it always relies on these uh, dishonest arguments like you guys are saying. So, yeah, yeah. so the, uh, the only difference between the two of them is that between these like literal fucking neo-Nazis and white supremacists, KKK types, these like super pro-colonial, fuck natives, fuck black people, fuck gays. The only difference between them and not necessarily the, the what, what we're referring to as the patriotic socialists, which is like the Moppin camp. But the the infrared camp is that the infrared camp pretends to be communist. It pretend that's the, that's the big word right there. Is pretend. Just keep going. I, I do a lot of live videos on Instagram. None of my followers or fans call anybody racial slurs. They don't do no, that. I, shit. I, yeah, I don't, I don't. Yeah, me too. I don't allow that shit. Fuck that. We should. We shouldn't allow that shit. You know. And you know, of course, now now these people here are saying that. Oh, like, should we feel bad? Yeah, do you should feel bad. Have you, if he's gone to reservations or whatever he said, I, I really wonder where he went, right? Like, even, even when I go home, right, to Oklahoma, like, uh, and visit family or visit, you know, friends, you know, I, I'm like, damn, dude, like, this is, in th you know, like, it's not the same <laughs> as people that don't live there, right? So, I, I, to me, I wonder, like, what the fuck? Like, I'm assuming I'm assuming based on where Caleb Moppin is from, which is uh, like sort of around the center of Ohio, if I remember correctly, and where he's living now, which is in New York City, chances are he went to one of the Iroquois nations. And I've said this before, when when I speak to, you know, natives from the West Coast and from, you know, sort of the, the middle of America, um, the, the economic realities between those two areas is pretty different. So that, that could be why he has a different impression that's not um, congruent with the majority experience. Um, that being said, that doesn't mean that the reservation territories are, you know, in the, in the, in the, um, you know, the six nations is like fantastic. You know, yeah. like, so I'm just saying maybe that's where the miss I'm giving him way too much benefit of the doubt. Yeah, you are. You should maybe, stop. Maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's where the uh the misconception is coming from. Yeah, he's he's still what he's saying is still not right. You know what I'm saying? So misconception or not, even if he went to like, you know, uh, a really poor reservation, like why would he say this stuff, right? Why would he say should we feel bad? Like, dude, like, yeah, I mean, like people are poor. You want to help people, you you have feelings of like wanting to help people, right? Like that's that's it, it, it should be as as a communist or as a Marxist, you want to help people. So when you see somebody struggling or something, you want to help them. That it should be in your in your desire, you know. So also, like, but the whole thing about them about feeling bad was they were saying they're saying that that is people who they're saying that that is land back solution is that everyone should sit around and feel bad and it's like no land back solution is material change yeah. like actual uh what do you call it actual structural and significant change yeah, they don't bring a solution they, they just, yeah, you're right they just think that's these feelings it leads to you can't have class struggle in the first world no i said that especially not in the united states we just kind of have to sit around and feel guilty about the fact that, uh, that. that we are 
we are, you know, living on land and that there was a genocide of Native people. Well, I'm all for acknowledging that history. I'm all for talking about how the United States as it currently exists is very much the product of, of genocide of and, and murder. He's all for talking about it and acknowledging it, but he's not about doing anything about it. Yeah, keep going. Slavery and, and et cetera. But, but what do we do now? But what? What we do now is, is decolonization, is liberation, right? What about what do we do now? Say there's no solution. The state of people have been saying, talking about solutions, right? We, we've been talking about decolonization. What do we do now? The, the native people are not saying anything. We have been. He says he doesn't want to tell you that we have been, right? I mean, we have to be able to develop a class struggle program to get beyond this. And we have a responsibility to do that. And the land back thing just pretty quickly turns into you're not allowed to put forward a class struggle program oh uh, because we should all just kind of feel bad. And it's just like at that point, I mean, it's just a derail. Um, you know, I mean, I can imagine. No, his talking points is trying to derail indigenous uh, decolonization or decolonization in general, right? He's that's what this whole video is about. That's, it's, it's the whole purpose. Yeah, I have it. I have it in this this whole thing. I have Maupin specifically, but really all of them. I haven't seen a single one of them approach any actual, real criticism that's being made against them, in good faith, and honestly. Yeah. At all. I've seen them approach a lot of made-up bullshit criticism that they invented themselves from enemies that they invented themselves. But I, I, I've seen no actual, real, legitimate engaging with the topic at hand. Yeah, let's keep going. And, you know, what if women were, were demanding the right to vote? You could say, oh, they're going to give legitimacy to the settler government of the United States on stolen land, right? Black yeah. people want civil rights. Oh, they want to be equal partners in the settler regime set up by – I mean it's like this is just a derail. You can't really do anything. And then people make parallels to the Palestinian struggle. Now, this is very oh interesting. God, say, we oh, go. well, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't say that, you know, that, you know, about the Palestinians. You wouldn't tell a Palestinian – uh, not to want their land back. Well, if you look at what the Palestinians want, right, there is a two-state solution and there's a one-state solution. The one-state solution is not that all all Israelis get deported immediately. It's rather that they get equal rights, right? It's that all people living in in Palestine get equal rights. There's one state where all the people there get equal rights. It's not mass deportation. It's not. It's not. It's just people getting equal rights. The two-state solution is there. Then emerge two states: a Palestinian state. And, and and the Israeli state remains, but there is no there is no call for mass deportation of all the uh, Israelis. And you know, in South Africa, you know, again. let's let's talk about that. Okay, the one state solution. That's, that's so weird because, like, I don't know any anti-colonials that actually seriously have considered mass deportation. Yeah, yeah, I, I've never heard any. Yeah, any big time indigenous. I mean, there's obviously like kids that say it. Right, but they, I mean, it's a case of all ethnicities to say that shit. And it, it, I've but, seen but, but, those serious takes. Yeah, in, in, my, in yeah. my experience, in my experience, the only people I've ever heard calling for mass deportation were, I, I don't know, like you, like you, you've had shows about them before, but like people who claim to be of Chicano heritage. Oh, yeah. the only, and and not not all of them. Like I've heard that from maybe like three in my life. So. Those are the only times I've ever heard anybody seriously trying to pursue mass deportation of people of European origin. I do want to say this too, okay? That the one-state solution also means that that the abolishment of the Israeli Zionist state. The Zionist state cannot exist in a one-state solution. So if he's about the one-state, neither compared- neither should it, because you know what's yeah. you know what 
you know what links that to the United States? Israel is a European settler colonial project. Yeah. So yeah, the Zionist I, it just happens to be hiding behind a Jewish mask. That's the yeah. only difference. Yeah, let me finish my statement. So so if you want to compare it to the one state solution, yeah, we should abolish the settler state here too, right? The two state the two-state solution is fucking garbage because all that means is that settler colonization continues at another in a part of Palestine. Right? It's not all of Palestine should be liberated. The, the Zionist settler state should be abolished. Right, The Palestinians should decide whatever they want. Have I heard them say deport people? I haven't seen. I haven't. I haven't heard that. But I'm pretty sure if a racist person or a Zionist, you know, doesn't like the Palestinians' laws, maybe they should fucking leave. Right, um, because they shouldn't be. You know, they, they can't continue their settler colonization in Palestine. But the same here. If, if we have decolonization, right, and if one of these settlers uh, decide that, hey man, I don't like the laws here, then you can fucking leave. Right? They have ancestries.com. You can go back to your ancestries, your ancestors, and find where they were. Some of them are documented to, from the 1200s. You know, they 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 have these ancestors. You can go back to whatever country you came from. But I'm not saying you should, we're gonna make you leave. I mean. You, you can stay here if you want, but you know, at the same time, like his he his comparison is really poor, right? It's really poor because nobody's talking about deportation. Like you know, if, if the white nationalists want want to live in a white country, they can you know go go back to the European country of their ancestors. I don't, I'm okay for that. You know, let them go build a white country over there. You know, but not over here. It's not going to happen here, right? That's so, good. so. Let's keep going. Against the settler regime there. They didn't deport all white people. Nelson Mandela didn't deport all white people from South Africa. Uh, and, you know, there but nobody's talking about it here. So what the fuck is he talking about? He He's invoking, like, uh, Mandela for what? For what? Has been redistribution of land in Zimbabwe after Rhodesia was dismantled. There's still lots of white people uh, living in Zimbabwe. They're, you know, just some of the farmland has been redistributed. Uh, but no, th this idea that we basically should advocate all white people being deported from the United States. Nobody's talking about And unless about we advocate no one. that, uh, we're no racist. All he does is give examples of the opposite of that um, but and how they're successful. That has and then says that people are suggesting that we do mass deportations. It's like you have no, to make up that. these fictional people. Yeah, he can make up these fictional theories. Like, who, what honest indigenous theorist, you know, or scholar has said, send people back? I, I've never read that. Never. Never once in my life. You know what I'm saying? So let's keep going. Excuse for abstention, and it's a way to attack those who want to develop an actual program to get us beyond and actually dismantle this capitalist and imperialist system. Here we go. Uh, uh, here it goes. So, so he, here we are, white people, that want to dismantle the system, right? But here's the native people that want to, you know, create it, you know, it's, uh, you know, whatever demonizing of us. He, he wants, he's always painting us, us and them, us and them. Who talks like that? White supremacist. Let's keep going. L um, literal fact. Really That's a fascist technique. Yeah. And it feels really really revolutionary but at the end of the day you're basically saying oh we can't struggle we just have to just sit around and feel bad and that's that's a derail and it's not helpful mm -hmm. exactly and the your struggles it, it, oh, it's too boring i'm sorry for pausing important thing <laughs> in relation to what you're saying is that this is contextualized within the past few episodes that we're doing the working class um in the united states is not the primary contradiction to the global proletariat before we go forward, I noticed that there's a lot of editing in, the, in this in this in this video. You can see how they like time jumped, 
right? I thought and, I figured yeah, that was yeah. just like internet the, lag, but I wasn't mode. sure. I wonder yeah. what racist shit they have said in between this shit. <laughs> you know, people say, how, how can you say this is racist shit? Because they're saying racist shit now. Right. Mm. So like I wanted what to say if they said, hey, maybe we should cut this out. Because they constantly in this video, you can see a lot of editing, right? And it's not like, you know, like a little bit. You can see them moving around. It's really weird. Why do you have to edit that? This is not going to be edited, right? So fuck them. So, you know, uh, it's really odd this weird yeah. editing they have. Uh, There's an the, interesting thing too, that she she right there, she's like the primary contradiction of the working class what is she talking about that's not that's not how marxism is set up like the primary contradiction is very clearly imperialism in china because china is is being attacked by imperialist powers right now about you know in, in regarding taiwan um the, you know the, the primary contradiction for a colonial nation state is colonialism that's the yeah. basis for american imperialism to affect all other countries where their primary contradiction is in fact imperialism because they're being imperialized. Where are they being imperialized from? The Anglo-American empire. Where's the center of the Anglo-American empire? The United States. What is the United States? It is a settler colony. So if you abolish that settler colony, that imperialism goes away. Thank you, let's keep going. American working class are not beneficiaries of American imperialism and definitionally, are anti the working classes are not the beneficiaries of imperialism are you sure but okay what about uh what about stellar colonization right what the fuck like let's keep going antagonistic and interests are di diametrically opposed um to what the bourgeois state of the american empire advocates for this conversation about land back is operating within that context and that this is a collective struggle within which American workers are included and must necessarily be included to create conditions for an international proletarian movement. Something that is really curious to me, it seems like some people kind of downplay the role that like Twitter has in political discourse. Okay, so fuck that. Uh, now she's blaming Twitter, but let's talk about that the, the role of the proletarian should be you know, should have a role. But should should they be in the central central to this, or should it be colonized people, right? So she's saying that hey, working class people should decide. You know, and you know, and of course they're going to say, you know, oh, but native people want, you know, uh, you know, to have a separate thing. They can have it, but we're going to have our piece of pie, which is continuation of, of settler colonization. That's what they mean. That's all they really mean is, you know, we're going to build internationalism on, on you know, but continue this, this system of guarding and guardian and what happened. There's a storm outside right now. So if I cut off, I'm sorry, my internet. Um, but, you know, it's one of the, one of those things that, um, yeah, just keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> and they're like, oh, like you're talking Twitter. about something, talking about Twitter. Log we off live in the grass. 21st fucking century. What's communicated politically on Twitter is one of the most relevant things that you could focus on. Oh my and God. any of the people supporting the communist movement in these these critical like pioneer so communist texts would be using Twitter were it available to all them. the real Which, communist way, discourses on Twitter, bro. <laughs> Marx and Lenin would be using Twitter, bro. Yeah, they'll be tweeting, you know, because that's where the revolution is going to happen. 
Oh my God. <laughs> that, that is a mode of disseminating information to billions of people. And to act like that is unimportant is the most naive, stupid thing I could possibly think of. Well, it's, it's like, not that, I mean, of course, tweeting is not revolutionary. It doesn't no. do anything. But like to ignore what the discourse on Twitter reflects in a very real way is a grave error. It's yeah. a free website that's worth billions of dollars. So yeah, exactly. That's why. <laughs> it's information infrastructure. It's like how uh, people have criticized Caleb's book, BreadTube, uh, yes, exactly. Serves Imperialism, exactly. where they're like, why are you talking about BreadTube? It's like, there we these go. people Here are comes like the... Here comes the LaRouche cult MLL marketing scheme. Buy, buy the leader's books. Buy the leader's books. Oh, you're muted, Rick. Sorry, yeah. So this is what I'm talking about. Sorry, I'll probably, you know, uh, God damn it, my mic. But yeah, I think this is what they want, information war. They want to skew, skew the narrative to fit their own thing and to silent other voices out. So of course they want Twitter. Of course they want Twitch. Of course they want, you know, all these apps and stuff like that to put out this information. I would tell you right now, the stuff about Native Indigenous peoples on social media, there's so much disinformation, so much disinformation. It's disgusting. You know, this, this also uh, bring in TikTok. TikTok has the most disgusting narratives on, on Indigenous peoples. It's people, you know, it, it, this is the game they play. It, it's just like this information wars. That it's not really actually listening to native people or, or building solidarity no it's it's speaking for us and and telling people what to believe about us you know so i i have i have a, a theory here do you think that the only indigenous people that these people have ever encountered are like the like white pretendians that run like meme pages where they post like bullshit native wisdom quotes Probably, and they probably, you know, follow like weird, yeah, pretendings or like natives that are maybe not, are not connected to their community. And of course they are Marxist or something and they, they tokenize them. That's what I believe, right? Yeah. Because, yeah. I, I just, I don't, yeah. I don't know if you, if you know him, but like the, the rapper Frank Whalen, like uh, this was like maybe a month ago, he posted this thing about specifically that, like people following for pages that post like bullshit, like indigenous proverb stuff. And I put the 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 ones like uh, the 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 right wing and the left wing belong to the same bird, and then it was the dude. Uh, it was Dwight Schrute from The Office going, "It's it's true, it's true." Yeah, it's like the the two wolves shit, right? The two wolves. There's two wolves inside you, and then you know they both like donkey snacks or some shit, you know. But you know, it's they're they're, they're inside you looking for Scooby snacks. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird because it's like hailing outside and it's like the middle of like August. It's fucking weird weather. Okay, let's keep going. Biggest quote unquote leftist and or socialist influencers and personalities and entertainers out there. Like, why wouldn't you talk about that? Yeah. yeah oh absolutely. I mean, it's weird. You know, I mean, there's all these little tiny communist groups that are always each other you know am i going to write a book about the spartacist league or the the revolutionary communist party or something why not write about somebody that's got a far bigger audience you know um this is where the discourse is and if we don't intervene in that discourse uh then we don't we don't get to impact it in any way and the fact that we've gotten such a strong response indicates that we are making an impact if we if we 
didn't get such an extreme hostile response to what we did, it would mean that they didn't, they didn't care. It would mean it wasn't having an impact. There's obviously forces that are very threatened by what we're doing here, and that's why we got to keep doing it. Yeah, I think the exactly. top space commune video is uh, what the fuck is bred to. <laughs> yeah. People act like Lenin didn't go to the effort of quote tweeting people in the middle of foundational scientific texts. Oh, yeah. This is so cringe. Yeah, that's all of State uh, and Rev. Yeah, <laughs> basically, State and Rev is him quote tweeting Kotsky repeatedly. Oh, you guys are so funny, bro. <laughs> and, and I think it's really important to understand that land reform, again, is not what anyone here is arguing against, but rather land back, which is an intellectual property, a brand that is owned by a nonprofit that is funded by billionaires like Jeff Bezos. And to understand why it matters to his... So he say, he's calling land back or the conversation movie, the, con, the, colon, the colonial theory as like this Jeff Bezos funded intellectual, whatever the fuck, instead of like indigenous communities, you know, for many years, since the beginning of, of uh, solar colonization, fighting to get their land back, fighting solar colonization. It's, it's disingenuous. Fuck this guy. Yeah, it's dude, that that's all they thing. do is disingenuous shit, though. Yeah. That's really all that's been here so far. Uh, the fruits of it. And, um, for instance, the serfs uh, are, are, are everyone's favorite uh, streamers. I call him Surfing USA. <laughs> 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 so the search was touting this land back project in Canada um, it, to argue against the idea that land back is about ethno states. Now, there's not really, not, I, I think it's pretty obvious that nobody here is arguing that land back creates ethno states. We just presented in Holy the beginning shit. based off of landback.org stated propositions that. Wait, he said okay. that. Okay, quick, yeah, please go. Go ahead. I was going to say that, like, the only reason they mentioned the term ethnostate there is because they are implying that it's an ethnostate. They are going something, blah, 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 ethnostate. We're not saying it's an ethnostate, but they never qualify that statement with a follow-up, which means that they are implying that what they're talking about is ethnostatism. It's yeah, super putting, fucking dishonest. Yeah, and it's, yeah exactly. They're, they're just... Oh, this whole stream. They spent, they spent the whole video saying that. Yeah, now they're pretending I know. they didn't. Those are all unambiguous agreements among communists. Which, again, we read directly from landback.org's manifesto. We are not arguing against any kind of a straw man here. Anyway, the results of this type of thing are, are, are this. And I'm just going to read a single tweet from the serfs Landback has absolutely nothing to do with ethnostates. It's about honoring the original treaties signed between indigenous people and colonizers. You know what the Squamish nation did with their historic victory in Vancouver? Correct. Build low-income green housing for everyone. Um, I think it is important to really get into some of the, the, the nitty-gritty into what this actually is. So the Senoc project, which is this uh, housing project that they've started, they announced it a few days ago, actually. I, I, they haven't built it for one. And for two, it is about building 6,000 homes, 950 of them being affordable, quote unquote, which we don't have a definition as to what affordable specifically means here either. I mean, this is genuine. Um, 950 of 6,000 homes being affordable. Yeah. So it, it, <laughs> they're, they're trashing native industry, but they're saying that natives should have industry. And the same, you know, earlier in this video, do you want them to have industry or not? You know? 
It's not. It's not about. What the did he deal. say right before that, too? Let's go back a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Income, green housing for everyone. Um, I think it is important to really get into some of the 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 nitty gritty into what this actually is. So the Senoc project, which is this uh, housing project that they've started they announced it a few days ago actually i i they haven't built it for one and for two it is about building six thousand homes 950 of them being affordable quote unquote which we don't have a definition as to what affordable specifically means here either um, well 950 of six thousand homes being affordable yeah so <laughs> it, it, it's not it's not about them being affordable the project intends to bring in $10 billion in rental revenue. This was what the Squamish nation said uh, after years of legal battles to win back this land. When we won the land back, visit sweetwater.com for the widest selection of music gear. So, yeah. Did you want to watch this whole video? Because we're like, it's taking us two hours to get through half an hour. We can yeah. make a two-parter if you wanted. Yeah, we can make a two-parter. We can uh, come back to it later. You want to do that? I mean, whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fine with me. Yeah. So, let's, you know, I do want to address what he's saying right now. So, yeah, definitely. Um, he, so a lot of our, all of our economies are nationalized, right? So when 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 the you know the this nation builds this uh, housing development. It goes to everything. It's a nationalized house development, right? So uh, that's how our, our economies are ran. You know, not one native person runs this uh, housing development. You know, it's, it's tribally owned. So it, it, you know, it goes to our programs. It goes into you know education. It goes to our health cares. You know, it goes into our our, our environmental you know programs. You know, I want to point out that it doesn't just go to our nation. There have exactly. been several occasions where the money that we have raised, we've had, we've raised so much that it, we've put it into the external economy in the area surrounding our territory that we have no sovereignty over. Yeah. So that's the thing. So we have, you know, like all of uh, fire department and you know all these all these you know we build infrastructure not just for us for non-natives you know and we, we donate to education and, and infrastructure to other people right so it's just really disingenuous so they don't like natives having industry this this is the problem here right we can like stop right here and have a part two later on you know i know you know um we can you know yeah we can do that but i i really think this video is just really disgusting i mean, what are your guys thoughts I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I think that the, what this boils down to is that they are very afraid of indigenous people having control over territory, which is theirs. Um, one of the, I, I remember what, what, what the thing that he brought up was that I asked you to rewind to. He brought up something about um, honoring treaties, right? Um, I, I'm not about that. And, and there's a specific reason why they've had what five, 400 years to make good on these agreements in some cases, um, in other cases, you know, a hundred years or so, uh, if you're not going to, uh, live up to a contract over an entire century, 
there's no reason why we should give you a chance to do it now or give you a chance to make a new contract. I think that the treaties that aren't honored invalidate the existence of the United States. And that's something that they will not acknowledge. I do want to say something to, to that. Uh, they said they want to honor the treaties. There's, there's several sections to that that's problematic, right? First off, have, this, have these people, any of them, have ever read any of these treaties? Right? Do they know the history? Yeah, they don't. Have any of them understand the history behind the treaties, how the treaties were broken? A lot of these, these, these dumbasses, they'll say, honor the treaties. You know, it's different. It's different from like when native people say it from them from non-native non-native people say it. when native people are saying it's, it's like, hey man, you promise us stuff. Like, what the fuck are you doing? When when non when non-native people say it, it's kind of like, hey, like, you know, like remember those agreements that you signed under duress. Yeah, we we want we want to actually honor them now. Yeah. So like, yeah, we want to continue this this uh, system of guarding and ward. So when people don't understand what guarding and ward is, is is that that's that's the definition that the Supreme Court made. You know, within uh, it was a cherry. It was um, oh, what the fuck? Why am I like? My, my mind's blank. It's the second, the third case in the Marshall trilogy, right? It's, it's when they, when the U.S. government said that they're they're the ward, uh, the wards. Oh no, 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 sorry, sorry. They're the guardians, and we're the wards. So the, that we're their wards, right? That's the relationship of seller of seller colonization. Um, in this country, you know. So they want to continue that relationship, and when they talk about. Uh, a communist revolution. That's the relationship they want to continue. They want to continue where they're the guardians, where they're the ones saying, hey, we're, we have this communist party, whatever. We're going to have them. We're going to have the native people as our wards. We can have self-determination as long as we agree to it. Oh, look, this industry, we don't agree with the industry. So now you're going to have to change it because this is not what we agreed to. This is what other doing. This is all that's going on right now. Oh, you don't like, um, you know, like you, you don't want industry. So it, it's, so they, they use this as a way to when to push the industry, they want to push on us, right? First off, they're saying the native peoples that 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 uh that they should have had those pipelines through our lands, right? That's that's good industry. But us building, you know, uh, economic housing or housing in general, that's bad industry, right? And we should have it. The people can't make up their fucking minds. They can't make up their minds. You know, it's like it's like. I think they did make up their mind. I, I would argue that they did make up their mind because they seem to support uh, when the industry is actually theirs, but it's on our territory and uh, you know it, it dominates us. But when we have industry on our territory that has the potential to uh, increase our economic standing, liberate us, uh, you know, uh, they they don't they're not about that. That's bad. It's bad when when it like it's it's the European uh, it's the European cultural paternalism that they can't they like Europeans just can't get it out of them they can't you know, get it you out know what of this them. is it's them controlling the most modes of productions and us being their workers that's what they want that's all it is right if we want to talk about like like a communist that's all all all, well, all should, it is you know, they, they want I mean, control. What, what, yeah, what you're putting forth is the argument that that patriotic socialists are fascist, and that's actually that's correct. But they don't they won't admit that, or they they don't understand it really, because I think most of them have no understanding of Marxist theory. 
Because the moment we have our own means of production, our own modes of production, you know, that, that's the moment that they're like, no, we don't agree with how, you, how you're doing it. That's all it means, is that they want, they want us only to be just workers in their system. You know, oh, but yeah, you can have a, a government on the side, you know, so whenever you have like an issue, you can tell us, oh, you, you know, whenever we get to it, you know, that's, that's the problem they have. It's like, instead of saying, hey, yeah, you should, we should build a decolonial government where you guys are in the forefront of this decision making and, you know, and making laws that we, we will also have to abide to, but they don't like that. They don't like that they will have to abide by our laws. Because that's somehow ethno state. That's somehow like, you know, oh, it's, it's fucking some weird conspiracy theory they have in their head. So it's, it's like I always tell people, let's say I go to France and I want to migrate to France, right? Wouldn't I have to follow French fucking laws to, to live there? It's the same shit here. Like, this is our land. This is, we should have the, the, the means to, you know, not just the means of, of production, but the means of creating laws of, on the land, which that's, for me, that's my biggest concern is our, our, our modes to make these laws. We should be in the forefront in this process. And if they don't like it, there's a whole fucking continent full of their people on the other side of the water they can go to. I'm not telling you I'm going to kick you out. But if you really don't like it here, you have the freedom to move wherever the fuck you want to go. You can go anywhere else. You can go live, you know, in, in, the, in the middle of the ocean, like fucking Kevin Costner, Waterworld. Water I don't give you shit. <laughs> I don't give you shit. You know, let's go move well, somewhere else. And, 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 and obviously, um, I, I think that specifically Caleb, I don't know about these other people, um, has been very vocal about their support of China. And he has a platform, you know, in international media. Um, and he was offered a job at CGTN but he turned it down, which is interesting. Whenever RT when? America closed down, um, I think that was a really bad decision, but yeah. you know, he could have moved to a place that already has essentially what he's seeking, but it would be under Chinese control. It wouldn't be under white man's control. Oh, makes mm. sense now. But you know, it's funny. These people are like, they love China, right? They love to put China on a pedestal. And I, and I agree. I, 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 I agree with China's revolution with their, their form. I, I think it's decolonization. So do I. So do I. Yeah. So, you know, but at the same time, when they picture indigenous peoples here, no, it's like, no, they're like, we should stay in power. This communist worker should be in power, not the native people. But it's like, but the Chinese, uh, you know, uh, broke the, 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 the uh, colonial yoke from themselves, like, you know, they, from the Japanese and from the Americans, from the Europeans, you know, and I, and I think that they, they, got, they liberated themselves. So why can't we liberate, liberate ourselves as well? From the colonial yoke, what the fuck is going on? Why, 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 why is there a double standard for us and, and not for them? Like, what the fuck? The, do the double standard for us is that they failed to kill the majority of the Chinese people, the Vietnamese people, the Korean people, the people of Laos, you know, um, the people of several African countries. They they failed to kill the majority and become the majority, and that's why it's not as big of a problem there. Plus, it's already over with; it's done. Right. Yeah. There's nothing they can do to turn that back besides literally invading with imperialism, which is another LaRouche thing that maybe we'll get to cover throughout the series of videos. Yikes. Um, 
is sort of you know invading Africa specifically. I actually, I actually think we shouldn't watch the rest of this video. I think we're I'm good. I'm I'm so disgusted by these. <laughs> I'm good. I think we I think we should maybe have have like a ten minute more and then we can release yeah, this episode. Sure. Fuck fuck this episode. Fuck I mean not fuck but, this episode, but fuck this episode. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, talking yeah. about land back. So, you know so I think they think because they they killed between North and South America, you know, somewhere between eighty and one hundred and twenty million people, that and, and now they're the numerical minority, which is another reason why these individuals are afraid of like the great replacement theory and shit like that. Um, they they feel like then it's the it's over and done with, and unfortunately, or fortunately for us, and unfortunately for them, they failed to kill all of us, and in fact, um, <laughs> we also made friends amongst them, and amongst the Africans that they brought here. And, and enslaved and, and, and were born a new culture as, as the black culture. So uh, they, they kind of, they, they fucked up. <laughs> they fucked up. This is the thing. They, they say us and them. We have solidarity with, with black liberation, right? We want to build a decolonial state with, with black people, right? There's, so it's not there, us and them. There, there's Afro-Indigenous people. There, yeah, is, there, is, there is Euro-Indigenous people mixed. Like it, it, there is just, just, not, yeah, there are literally people who have no indigenous genetic heritage at all that have been adopted into communities. Some legitimately and some are named Johnny Depp. But um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but Johnny um, Depp is not a citizen of Commission Nation. He's just like that's true. He's like an honorary yeah. member or some yeah. bullshit. Um so like they're like every claim that they've thrown out so far in this video has been absolutely false it's been purposely misleading um it's been disin like disingenuous and in, in engaging in points in bad faith um it, it, it's really I, I mean if you aren't familiar with these people it, you might be like wow i'm shocked that somebody who claims to be a marxist could be like this we aren't <laughs> we've we're we're very familiar with caleb moppin and i guess you guys not as much with peter coffin and i, I don't know who the fucking two guys are on the bottom they're yeah. irrelevant but um, you know I, I do say they're all else. irrelevant but yeah well, I, I do, do want to say i invited uh moppin on my podcast but when he heard that episode with me and nick estes he said i don't like this conversation i was like what don't you like about the conversation because i wanted to bring a non-native on on early in the podcast to talk about native and non-native solidarity how can we work together towards decolonization right because that's what decolonization is is us working together towards a decolonial future not just us not just not excluding them you know what i'm saying so but they he doesn't like that. He told me he doesn't like it. He doesn't like that idea, right? You want to know then, why? Yeah, wait, 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 wait. But back, back then, years ago, when I first started the podcast, I didn't know he was a Lurushi, right? I didn't know all this, uh, uh, like this weird, you know, psyop shit about him, you know. So that's the here we go. Now I know he's a fucking he's a fucking racist. Yeah. And people think, oh, how's he racist? Listen to what he said. Listen to what we pointed out. Listen to it. It's fucking racist bullshit. You know, what he's doing, it's it's himself is racism. 
because he's up trying to uphold a racist white supremacist uh, nationalism, white supremacist uh, uh, system. This system is white supremacist. And a lot of Marxists want to talk about class struggle, but there's a whole section, a whole uh, uh, a contradiction of just race in this country that needs to be addressed. And Marxism itself, it's not that, you know, you can't, you can't say only address what's going on in the conversation with, with uh, communism or Marxism. No, there's race in, in, into this uh, contradiction of race in this country. Which, also religion. We, religion. We, didn't, we didn't bring that here. Yeah. <laughs> we, we didn't invent that. That is a European invention. Race is a European pseudoscience. So he's they over here, it here and yeah. now they don't want to deal with it. Now they don't want to deal with, uh, you know, correcting the, the, the missteps of, of employing that pseudoscience for literally fucking 500, 600 years. This whole video is them dismissing, you know, the racism has happened, the genocide. Like, oh, we acknowledge it happened, we, but you know, it's still happening now. MMIW is happening right now. Women are being killed by non-indigenous men, white men in, in these man camps, right? Like, what about the sterilization of 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 black and indigenous women? You know, up until the mid seventies. No, it's still happening now. The only, the only thing that are people you, get sterilized. You know, like what the fuck? You know, what about these, these white supremacist groups that 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 um that they still exist? That that doesn't happen. And we can like totally overlook these these white supremacist groups. You know, how many fucking white supremacist groups are in this the last country? the last piece of evidence that I have seen that shows that the US government was literally trafficking, human trafficking, maybe even sex trafficking indigenous children is from 1952. So it's not like this shit is not recent. And the system Bro. that enabled the, the system that enabled that trafficking, the residential school system continued up until the 70s or 80s. <laughs> yeah, even past that, because I, I, I have somebody my age that went to, to those schools too, right? So you know so it might have been the 90s. Yeah. So I think in, in the who 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 support the people that you know um go you know have have uphold is this this the system, the religious churches, you know what I'm saying? So it's 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 a whole system of racists. Yeah, yeah. Victor, you made a really good point about not wanting to acknowledge the missteps of importing like a race pseudoscience and everything. And it really is all about not wanting to acknowledge missteps, not wanting to acknowledge guilt, and not wanting to give up power. And uh, something that I think about a lot is, um, do you guys remember a few years ago in France, there was like this big news story because a whole bunch of people got laid off at this airport, and then they all beat up the CEO. And like, he was like leaving the building and they all like mobbed this guy and then they attacked him. And so it made big headlines because not often do workers ever get to like actually hold their CEO accountable, uh, let alone physically. So then beating up the CEO was like a big story and everything. And, you know, people in the U.S. were counting it as a big win because this is enough years ago. I think it was even before 2016 that like Occupy Wall Street was still like the biggest thing that was like recent, I guess. So people were happy to see the CEO get beat up, even though all the workers at the airport still got laid off. And so then the response to that from the right, all the people anti-occupy, anti-everything were saying, oh, well, these people, it's their own fault because the airport told them that they could have taken a pay cut and then they would have not lost their jobs. They could have either chosen to keep the company afloat, taken a pay cut and learn to live with that, or they could have just taken the short-term solution, which they did, which was not take a pay cut and tell the CEOs to fuck off because they knew that these people were being greedy and hoarding money at the top, of course. And so then the company shut down and these people rightfully flipped out in the beat up CEO. And so it's, it's a long analogy, but my point is where like workers are always told to take personal responsibility. 
And capitalism itself cannot follow its own dictates and take personal responsibility for itself, for creating the conditions that workers live in and then have to pull themselves out of. It's like, does capitalism never take responsibility for the fact that most people still live in poverty? Like most people are not the beneficiaries of capitalism. There is no personal responsibility for the system itself. It only exists for the powerless people. And so the roundabout way of relating that back to land back is that my obviously white way of thinking about it is that like we could choose now to hand over like to admit that capitalism like patriarchal settler colonialism has not succeeded in this country it's a it's a failed project that is going to lead to our demise if we continue doing it and so we can either voluntarily relinquish power and hand control of the land and the resources and production back to native people so that it can be just we can just do with it what was done with it for hundreds of thousands of years before creating these kind of catastrophic conditions that we're all living under that are both that are alienating mentally and creating like these conditions where people are just shooting up schools because they just hate the society so much which is not something that people do when they have a sense of community when they know all of their neighbors and everyone in the community which is what <laughs> is the essence of like community and like I, I mean my point is we could relinquish the power now voluntarily or we could end up living under um, what is essentially like native ways of living just because it's co it coincides with the, like land control and actually um, sustainably producing and, and using the land and resources with we could we could get there involuntarily with a fraction of the population because we get there by catastrophe and only certain only a few people are able to survive and do that or we could voluntarily hand control back to the people who were doing it correctly and it just seems so simple to me but if if your mode of thinking is white supremacy and the only, the big contradiction in your mind is not being able to admit that and being able to just mentally hand over control then you're never going to arrive at that conclusion no matter how no matter how simple it is no matter how obvious it is no matter how much you get argued with it no matter how much you get argued into it with facts now you're muted again yeah i know sorry um, I, find oh, I, have, I have one interesting thing to add there, okay, I, go ahead. you know, because you're mentioning you're mentioning like this, this adherence to, to, you know, the white supremacist system. White supremacy does not mean that you yourself have to be white. There are people who are non-white that uphold the system of white supremacy. And that's just worth mentioning. It's probably not a popular, yeah, absolutely. but there is absolutely some people tokens. You know, indigenous people have the term Ford Indian, like it, they exist, they're out there and it's, it's worth th th like thinking if, if though, if you're seeing one native person who's, al who's alive with all these people that are making all these white supremacist talking points, right? Maybe that's not the guy that you come to for your information. It's, you know, a comrade says something to, uh, in a post that um, I do want to give him credit, you know, Marley. Um, he said on a post, and I'm not saying it per exactly, I don't have the quote in front of me. He said, if Native people have to read, uh, you know, Marxist theory to understand what the fuck's going on, you know, like non-Native people should read Indigenous scholars, Indigenous people that are talking about our condition to understand what the fuck's going on with us and how we think. It's only, it's only fair. 
right? Because here we have a system, it's called capitalism, which was came out of like feudalism, right? And this system is totally fucked up. Who made this? The Europeans did, right? We had, you know, feudalism before everywhere. And, you know, and, you know, uh, I understand that all around the world, but capitalism came about. And uh, now Marxism is, is this another system to kind of like fix what the fuck capitalism has done and in the system of capitalism is to undo it, right? So now Native people uh, were, you know, like thrust, they were like, you know, head first with these, with these non-Natives coming here, committing genocide, not just with us, with, with, with the environment as well, you know, and we have to, you know, learn their language, we have to learn their culture, we have to learn, we have to like get jobs, you know, we had to get jobs and we had to even do their ways of, of like uh, gender and patriarchy and all these different things we had to like learn, right? We didn't learn agriculture, even though that, that wasn't our way of living. And now Native people now realistically have to read uh, uh, Marx, Marxist theory uh, and take examples from around the world of liberation to learn with the system that we're in, why we're in the system, right? Uh, we know why, but you know, to understand how to liberate ourselves and to apply these this theory, you know, with our conditions and to move forward with liberation. So if we are we we're having to do that with you know with our eyes, you know, with, with our conditions, you know, and to see our, our, our communities ourselves, we know what we need because we are in these communities ourselves. Right, we're we're in our communities. This is our family members. This is our friends. This is you know, and this is just people that we 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 are you know a sovereign nation with, and you know, so we we have an idea. We 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 are the first ones to um to to know what we need and what we don't need. So when 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 non-native people come around and they're telling us, oh, we're gonna fix everything with Marxism, but do you understand how native peoples? Our, our, our conditions are do you know how we see the land you know what, what if what if you know like Maupin said like oh you know like Morales was indigenous he wanted to build a road here and you know and some native people didn't want it and the CIA used them just because the CIA used these people it doesn't mean that they, that, that their, their voices are invalid right if they didn't want a road there yeah you didn't want a road there then don't fucking build a road there I'm sorry Right, like you know, like try to fix it or try to you know, like talk to this community, compromise or something. But here's the thing: like he's trying to paint, you know, us as like this, like backwards, you know, or like people that don't know what they want, people don't know what, what we need. Well, we do know. We, we're in the forefront of what the fuck we need, right? We know what we need. So people like that and, and people Marxists that don't want to read indigenous scholars, then, you know, then uh, they're lost. Then we have the other aspects, sorry, I have a little bit more to say, with the other aspects of people that read indigenous academia and they misconstrued it into their own thing. They're like, oh, this is not, uh, what was it? Um, dialectics or whatever. This is not dialectics, it's not material dialectics, whatever. Yeah, do we, do, 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 our, do our voices need to be perfect uh, materialist, perfect uh, communist for you to take our voices seriously? No. And we know what we, we can observe our, our surroundings. We know what colonization has cost us. We don't need to be perfect Marxists for you to take our, our voices into consideration. Fuck that, right? Uh, and, and, you know, another thing is too, is like a lot of these people read these books, read our, our scholars, and then they say, you know, um, 
and then they, they they use these two. I think Victor, you're the one that that why did we talked about it um, not that long ago? It was like these people use our own critiques against us. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, uh, specifically, like uh, there's there's always these accusations of how indigenous governments are like just just absolutely rife with corruption, which is a totally bogus statement. It, it it's it's not representative at all for one and and two that what what that does is that that kind of kneecaps our ability to critique actual corruption when it happens because now we have to worry about it being weaponized against us while we take care of it because obviously you have a, a specific experience i remember you telling me about where you had a, a member of your council or or you know your government that was corrupt and he yeah, was yeah, yeah, let, me, let me talk about that yeah so really quick there was a, a, somebody that ran for chairman of the branch nation i didn't like that dude on a personal level but also he was corrupt right and he, he told me some things that were like really fishy as hell and i told people like hey man he's gonna come into office and he's gonna be corrupt i, I fucking i know it like the way the way he talks about stuff is really fucked up he 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 won convention you know he won the chairman seat he won the election and because he made a lot of fucking promises and he did talk like the talk and you know and uh and he did really dirty campaigns he actually uh hired uh campaign or campaign strategists from like the, the Democratic Party or something like that. And they fucking, he paid him all this fucking money to like smear the fucking, uh, the other people that were running against him. And it was really dirty campaign. And he went into office and when his office, he was full corruption, right? And one example is he signed that fucking gaming compact with Ken Stitt, the Oklahoma uh, governor, which is, was a, it was a really fucking bad deal. He still did it. But you know, eventually all these things, he was embarrassing us. So all these things, you know, coming out to light and Comanche people were getting pissed off. What we did, we, we you know, we uh, recalled him and he he left office. He can never run for office again. We fixed our problems, right? New chairman, you know, I can't I can't really, you know, say anything. I haven't had any, like, criticisms about him yet, you know, but at least he's not, at least he's not fucking corrupt, you know? He likes, he likes his, his runs and his jogs. He does, like, community jogs. You know, that's his thing, you know? It's cool, man. Like, that's, you know, but I, I, don't, I don't know... He, yeah, you know, I, I haven't seen anything corrupt about him, but that's that's but that's a point of, of this. It's like you know, uh, we deal with our problems internally, right? If somebody says, "Hey, man, like I don't like that chairman, and you're not Comanche," I'll tell you to fuck off, straight up. So, yeah, I'm trying to think of what what you you said. You made like three really good points that I felt the need to bounce off of, but I kind of forgot where. But you know, but yeah, but our criticisms about um, about our, our own communities is it, for us to deal with. It's not for anybody else to do. It's not for non-Indians to say, "Hey, look, that that you know um, that uh, total government has blood quantum." Yeah, I know. We're trying to get rid of it. Like, like but we all know blood quantum is bullshit. There's some natives that like are like pro blood quantum and that weird eugenic shit. Yeah, I mean, like I would consider eugenics. But I heard some natives like, "Hey, we should save the sperm of like have." Uh, like, you know, 50 percenters or whatever. And I just fucking weird shit, right? And there's only a very small percentage of people that say that shit. Like, especially Comanches, nobody nobody in the Comanche nation is, there's such things of, even though there are, you know, full bloods or whatever, one, you know, 1% Comanche enrolled members, but historically there isn't. 
Uh, there's no such thing as a 100% commission <laughs> trying to remember. But, you know, that's, that's the thing. I mean, but, you know, these the systems we put on us, we have our critiques on it. And, but I can't tell another tribe, hey, your blood content is too high. You need to lower it. It's up to them. It's up to them to do it, you know? And, you know, and for, for, for people to think they can, unless we're really like doing hor horrendous acts on other people, like genocide or, or some kind of like, brutality on other people, yeah, you know, please critique us. <laughs> but that's not what's happening right now, right? So what right now what's happening is we're trying to abolish cellular colonization. And well, you, you made an excellent point there about how you're, you're not gonna tell other nations what to do. And that's a fundamental disconnect with them is that they are part of the Anglo-American empire and they do not how to operate. They don't know how to operate without you know without being an empire without dominating an other do you have anything to say no yeah so no, i'm I think, good i think i think this is the you know i think as we listen to other episodes so the next is, is the haas episode so I, let me let me say something about haas so i i invited haas to um to this podcast to ask some questions, you know, uh, about his vision. I actually want to hear from him, right, uh, on, on Native issues. I listened to the to three episodes that he, he has said about, uh, he, he debated land back, whatever. The one was with Jason, one one, one was um, New Amuta, and the other one was um, Rainer. You know, Rainer's a, a personal friend of mine. So I think we'll just cover uh, the Jason video and, and, and then the, the Rainer one. But, you know, I invited Haas and he ignored it. And then I don't know where he was like, oh, if you want to, to debate me, come on my stream. It was like spontaneous, it was just like an hour or two before the stream. And obviously I needed, and this, this episode right here was planned for two weeks, right? First off, I'm not going on your stream because you mute people. Right. Yeah. You mute people, and it's not how I talk. If you want to, if you, I'm not here to debate you because there's no, there's, there's nothing to debate when it comes to liberation. It's gonna happen, and it's gonna be on our terms. And if you don't like it, this tough shit, then you're gonna be Trump. Trump I'm sorry. Right. If you want to use your white supremacist friends to uphold white supremacy, that's you. Right. And you said, oh, but I'm Lebanese. I don't give a shit. It's the white supremacy, just like Victor said. Not everybody that's that's white. His mom's white. Oh well, there you go. Um, I think, I think, but you know, he had his chance to come on to, to, you know, have a conversation, not, I'm not talking about debates, have a conversation. He did it. So what we're going to do is just like this video, let's do his debates. And he says things on those videos that are even worse than these people. I'm telling you right now. And I wrote them down. Right. Uh, I didn't timestamp them, but I, I wrote just two videos I did of him. I think we, me, Victor did one with a new Amauta, um, debate with him and yeah wow back yeah we, we did a whole episode about that so i don't think we need to cover that right uh but <laughs> there's the, the jason and the rainer one um and we, we can talk about that with new turn leftist podcast and in the last episode i invited uh several indigenous marxists to come on to to talk about we're going to talk about really strong you know get the certain talking points from, from all these videos and, and the talking points that are not in the videos that I wrote down somewhere else because I have heard so much disinformation about that impact. I'm gonna 
bring them to, to this panel with Turnestis, and we're going to obviously talk about that as in, in, like this, but with more people, with indigenous peoples. We have to do that because this right here. I can't wait. It's going to be good. Yeah, this this shit right here, it's growing. People think, oh, but it's only online. It's a, it's a fringe group. It's, to me, this is where it starts. It starts online, and people, and this is what, you know, this is what uh, that, that, you know, Ben Shapiro. And it turns into sex abuse cults. Yeah, this is what, like, for, for example, Ben Shapiro is like this. This is what information wars. So people like Ben Shapiro and all these people like those that deal with a tiny face. I forgot what his name is, Kirk or something like that, right? A Charlie, Charlie Kirk, or whatever. Kirk. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that fucking uh, was that Rick and Morty? Tiny, with tiny the, face. With, with, yeah, tiny with face. You, <laughs> you turned into Lakota man. You gave him a. You gave him an indigenous name. What? You turned into Lakota Man One from Twitter. You gave him his indigenous <laughs> name. So, so what happened? What's going on? What's going on? You know, um, I think um, all these people, like Fox News, what they do is they, especially like I would say, Chris Shapiro, he he posts videos of people saying stuff to him and his rebuttal. You know what I'm saying? And he's like, "Look, I'm winning these debates." So this is what people like Haas and, and Moffin are doing. Just like the video we just watched, they they get people talking points. Like, "Oh, we're not saying it's ethno state, but wink, wink, use that shit out in public." You know, people do that. So what they do is is all this stuff builds uh, momentum, momentum, momentum to the point where policy gets gets um, enacted. You know, just like Trump, people thought, "Oh, he's just talking shit," but next thing you know, there's fucking people storming uh, the Capitol. What the fuck? So talk, talk. It translates later on. It, what happens? It, it turns into action. So when you talk white supremacist shit, white supremacist shit happens after. If you talk pro-colonial shit, pro-colonial shit comes after. If you talk hate against native people, then our communities are going to be dealt with violence. They're going to be dealt with people coming to our communities and being hateful. And we're already dealing with that. We're really people that live around reservations are some of the most racist motherfuckers ever. Right, these motherfuckers are disgusting, but yet, you know, here we have people that are online building rhetoric so other people, more people can, you know, or people that are already racist or are on a border of being racist and shit, or are just transforming them into racist, giving them racist talking points against native people, and that's the fucking problem with this. This is why I'm so fucking pissed off. You know, I heard some of these talking points a long time ago before the internet, but that was before the internet, you know, but now the internet is spreading a lot of hate, it's spreading a lot of fascist ideas. And this is a fucking problem we, we have in our hands. So now with the podcast, I'm going to focus on this issue because I think they need to be fucking addressed because if they don't, and if we leave them to or to their rhetoric, somebody's going to get killed. People are already, get, already getting killed with this, uh, or women, MMIW, you know what I'm saying? But more people are going to get hurt, and we need to stop this shit. And if you really have solidarity for us, then please listen and, and you know, and, and uh, you know, help us spread this message of what we're saying for decolonization. And when, whenever you hear people say these stupid shit like mopping, you, you can tell them you're wrong, this is why, and you can have your own, you know, talking points that we, we give you, you know what I'm saying? And that you should, by yourself, read indigenous uh academia and I, I have a podcast share drive so if you want message me i'll give you the link and there's books and the, there's, there's a lot of files and articles that i collected if anybody wants to contribute to this to the share drive please i'm here so before we, we go does anybody have a closing statements victor you got anything um I don't really think so. I mean, there was there was a thing that I had said to you a, a while back. It was like um, about 
establishing colonialism as the primary contradiction in the United States. Yeah. Um, I'll have to pull that up if you give me a second. Yeah, what about you? So I was just going to say in closing, I think that this is the right way to go about this, because especially with the House stuff, when I watched him, quote unquote, debate uh, Jason Unruy, it's like, like you said, he mutes people, or if he doesn't even mute them, mute them then he talks over them. And I think that that's the only way that these people can argue their positions. And that's how you know that they're wrong. You know what I mean? Like, it's the same thing as right wingers, the same thing as any other reactionary. They can work out quips and they can work out like talking points that sound catchy and, you know, stick in the minds of dumb people. But upon closer inspection, when you actually hold them to the fire and when you actually try to get them to defend anything logically, they can't actually do it because they didn't arrive at these positions logically. It's pure emotion. It's pure id. They're just cavemen and their brains don't work right. And that's why. I, I you know you guys don't know this because I haven't published any of them yet, but I've been trolling people on Reddit and then having them come debate on my show. And uh, I've been like putting those together into like a you know coherent format. And it's been going pretty well, I think. Um, it's funny because I, I'll be very trolly in the online persona, but then when they get on the show, I'm just reasonable and I just talk to them like human beings and everything. And a lot of them, I think, start to realize that like even the Marxist position is not as extreme as they may have thought. And they also can't really defend capitalism or colonialism in the way that they expected, because once they operate, you know, get outside of the the framework that they're used to operating, in, which is assuming capitalism is right and assuming communism killed millions, you know, once they get out of that framework, they really don't have a whole lot to stand on. But my point in saying all this is that I want to invite, I think Rick, we had talked about several times inviting people like uh, Labor Wave, like this, these are Instagram people, because I'm a politogram person. For anybody who doesn't know, I'm always on fucking Instagram. We've invited these people to like defend it. And I don't think that any of them will take us up on it. I honestly don't think that they will work because I don't think that they can. And so I will just continue to call out these people all the time anyway, because they are pat socks with shitty views. And they, they honestly, I just don't think they can defend these views. And so I'll just keep calling them out until they, you know, just, they just need to disappear with this bullshit. I, I'll say this. I, and listening, sorry, listening to Haas, I have a set of questions that I know within 15 minutes that the, that the debate will be over. I, I know, I know it will be 100%. I have a set of questions I know he won't answer and it's gonna totally dismantle his whole argument, right? So I, I, I know, I, I know this is why he ignored my, my, my fucking request. And, I, and the, person, the person, so I wanna say, the person listening that uh, actually tagged Haas on, on my on my fucking thing on Twitter, fuck you, right? You know who you are. So, okay, so I saw you roll your eyes a second ago, Rick, when I started mentioning Instagram people, and I didn't know that if that was just because I was mentioning some drama. But because you said that, I will go ahead and call out the people that I want to call out because I want to call out first and foremost Labor Wave. He's like the biggest one. Come on the show, defend your shitty takes if you can. I don't think you can. And then uh, who else is like the big ones? Like they were, I mean, Haas. Well, I mean Haas, of course, but I always just assume that like. I mean, at least maybe your show is bigger than mine. I assume that he's out of my league to even like call out, but like whatever. Um, fucking, uh, what is that other one? Um, you know, Marius Trotter. Don't think I forgot about you, motherfucker. That guy's <laughs> annoying. I don't know who the uh, fuck that is. If you, I mean, look up Marius Trotter on Instagram. He's another like politogram guy. And on, you know what pisses me off? He still does live videos and associates with Iraj, who was a guy, I don't know if you follow East Starback, on Instagram. No. Nope. He's been on my show twice to talk about Afghanistan. Still haven't released the second one. And now I'm wondering if I can because he follows a suspicious amount of Pat Sox and I'm going to have to interrogate him about his views on some things. But then also of course the biggest one is uh 
not even the biggest one, just the most annoying is Gabs, formerly Chito Yanemarito, and now is like infra I... infra Gabs or whatever. Total fed. This person is literally stealing a famous woman's pictures and posing as this young woman. Will not reveal what their actual face is. I've invited this person on Instagram Live because again, I show my face all the time. You can see who I am. You can tie my voice to my face and everything. You can see that I'm really who I am on there. Yeah. This person cannot fucking do that. Has been exposed multiple times for stealing, stealing women's pictures and posing as this person. And now all of a sudden has been sucked down the Patsock turf rabbit hole and literally only posts homophobic shit. It's the only thing that this person cares about anymore. It's fed absolute op behavior. You're a piece of shit. I'm calling you out. That's all. I think I saw, I saw a post. I just learned about this Gabs person like a week ago. And I saw a post like this person admitted they were a federal employee. What does that mean? You know, that's I just saw some option. Like, what the? I can mean anything. Yeah, you mean you work in a court system or whatever, but I also can mean you're a fucking op. Like, you know, like what the fuck? You know, like what's going on here? And they don't show their face, and they use a, a fake picture, or they use a picture of a model they stole online. That's just like some weird. It would be very fake. easy to yeah. just to just debunk all this shit. It'd be very easy to just come on and just prove who you are. You are who you say you are. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, um, it's, I know, I know people that are going to listen to this and be like, Oh, fuck Haas, go, go fucking talk shit. And Haas and go on his channel and, and spill his thing by himself. That's fine. I mean, you won't be a coward and talk your own channel by yourself. It's fine because he won't come in arms. Right. So it's fine. I mean, like I, I, uh, his opinion doesn't matter because he's not native and you know, that's, that sucks for him. But, um, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I found it, by the way. I found it. It was pretty okay. far back in our conversation, but you ready for me? Go ahead. All right. Imperialism is often said to be the contra uh, primary contradiction for Marxists to address, but in order to properly understand a contradiction, we must investigate and identify its origin in the material, immediate material reality. For a relatable example, individuals claiming Marxism in the year 2022 often claim people who have dyed hair are comfortable and open with the fact that they are gay or trans or brew, or even brew coffee for a living, are not members of the working class or have no revolutionary potential. It's generally from this same group of individuals that you will hear imperialism is the primary contradiction. I hope to establish in, in what I'm reading to you now that this viewpoint is incorrect. And I also want to bring into question these individuals' claims to being Marxists in the first place. While it is true that Lenin wrote Imperialism, the Highest Stage of Capitalism, and this work largely remains correct, to remove this or any other Marxist work wholesale from its historical context and material conditions betray the very basis of Marxist materialism. Let's first look at the struggle in the five currently existing commonly identified socialist projects. For the DPRK, Vietnam, Cuba, Laos, and China, it is impossible to ignore, in good faith, the anti-colonial origins of the socialist struggle. Whether this struggle was against an established colonial occupation with its power base located within the colony, as we see in Cuba and in the United States, or solely against colonial dominance projected from foreign power, as we saw with the DPRK, China, Vietnam, and Laos. It is only after the anti-colonial struggle proved successful that their independent primary contradiction shift to imperialism. And arguably these nations at varying levels still struggle against this and the labor contradiction. 
but whose imperialism precisely do they struggle against the most? The, imperial, the imperialism of the colonial entity known as the United States and those within the Anglo-American empire. In order to assist in abolishing and adequately, adequately resisting this imperialism, individuals within the imperial core and its periphery must engage themselves in anti-colonial struggle so that the imperialism can legitimately become the primary contradiction because if we do decolonize the United States, there will definitely be reaction from Europe <clears throat> and the globalist socialist movement can also address that imperialism. This anti-colonial struggle can only be legitimately led by the colonized mass and assisted by the entirety of the working class within the colonial stru structure. That's it. That's all I had. Yeah, and I agree. I, I, people got mad at me because I posted that I said that seller colonization is the primary struggle. Uh, but when I said that, I meant for Native people, right? And when it comes to settler colonization, imperialism, capitalism is part of that. You know, settler colonization is not separate from imperialism. It's not separate from capitalism, right? Uh, so when people got mad at me, I was like, you, you obviously maybe read too deep or you read it and then you have some kind of like um, projections on it, you know, or you just don't like the colonial theory, which, you know, could be maybe, maybe it could be all of them, right? So I think, uh, you know, for us, uh, like I said, and I'll say it again, it, just because you put on the on indigenous, on indigenous on a communist mask, uh, does that mean that solar conversation will magically go away? It does not mean that, you know? And um, so, you know, I think as, you know, in the last episode, we'll talk about with the other uh, indigenous people, what that looks like for them, what, as you know, indigenous Marxists, you know, what does decolonization mean? And I have so many fucking episodes about that. I mean, like, I, I don't even know why people fucking, you know, if they re people really want to learn, they can listen to this episode, to this podcast, other podcasts are native to talk about, the talks about these issues, you know, but they, they don't, they don't take their time. They just want to like, have you read Dugan? Like, fuck Dugan. Like, you, you read Dugan, but you haven't read the, uh, Indigenous Scholars? Fuck you. Like, why the fuck do I have to read Dugan? Like, I, why the fuck do I have to read Dugan as a native person? Why? Fuck Dugan. Uh, because you, you have to consider how long before white people lived there before they stopped becoming settlers. <laughs> no, fuck that. Shit. Yeah. Fuck, fuck. I don't give a fuck about Dugan. Like, he talks Not about this. Let, let's just completely ignore the fact that Dugan is a fascist, identifies himself as a fascist in his own writings, and is inspired by Julius Evola, okay, who is an Italian fascist. So, you know, let's so, just, so, let's so, just so, ignore all that. Dugan's. Okay. The so whole that, thing is called Eurasianism, Europe and Asia. It has nothing to do with us. Yeah. So, you know, that's the thing. Like, people have told me, yeah, have, you read this? have you read that? Have you read this? But have you read it, motherfucker? I'm sorry. Like, like don't, don't, don't tell me, you know, to read some fucking person that talks about conditions in some other country that has nothing to do with me right now. I'm sorry. More, I, more, more importantly, yeah. sorry, Rick, just to interrupt you again, but. More importantly, why can't they just fucking explain whatever genius is hidden in these sacred texts of Dugan? Just explain to me, like, if you understand it so perfectly, and it's like this amazing revelation that you had because of the savior Dugan, then fucking explain it to me if you can, but they fucking can't. They ever, they never can. They just refer you to has, they refer you to other people and say, oh, you're going to watch like hours and hours of the stream. You're going to read. probably also shit. haven't read it. 
Yeah. Yeah, so, somebody made a comment on my thing like two days ago that Dugan um, talks about, uh, uh, you know, what is this, uh, uh, freeing colonies in the third world. Motherfucker, I live in Imperial Core. <laughs> like, like, what the fuck, you know, and I'm pretty sure Dugan doesn't understand indigenous issues here. So please just don't tell me to read stuff that is going to waste my time. Maybe I'll read it when, you know, like I have leisure time when I'm not doing stuff. But, you know, please, maybe you should read Native stuff first. And if you don't, then, you know, I, I'm not, I can't take your opinion seriously because, you know, you, you haven't taken the time to learn our stuff. But that's how we're going to end this episode. But we have, we're going to have other episodes coming up. We've been three hours here, I think, right? Yeah, yeah almost three hours. So oh, I, yeah. I, I, I want to have to cut this because uh, uh, Spotify um, only wants an hour and a half-ish. So another thing. But the, the whole thing will be on, on YouTube. YouTube doesn't give a shit, you know? But... Uh, <laughs> um, I, I think I think this is how we ended. So uh, before we go, let's just plug in our handles for for turn left. There's always turn left. You know, uh, yeah. Just check out turn left podcast. I'm sure it'll be in the show notes. Okay, Victor. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and I guess Instagram now. Damn it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as uh, at Red Falcon FNI. <laughs> okay so have a good day uh remember you see a past talk just just fucking ignore them all right bye thanks guys but don't hang up yet don't hang up yeah i'm gonna um how do i stop recording uh...